When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, to me we are debating the ethics of abortion and we are starting right now with Stephen's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, Stephen. The floor is all yours. When we talk about protecting human life, we're talking about protecting conscious experiences. So when I look to see what ought to be protected in the womb, it's going to be some creature that is having or at least capable of having a conscious experience. The necessary parts in your brain that form to have conscious experiences form at around 20 to 24 weeks. So I think things like first trimester abortions are absolutely fine and permissible. That's my position on abortion. You got it. We'll kick it over to Tree, who is also on the pro-choice side. Thanks for being with us, Tree. All right. Thank you for being. Um, thank you for having me. Um, my parents divorced when I was five years old, and my mother got on welfare and taking custody of me. And uh, we moved into a roach-infested apartment in one of the most dangerous ghettos in America, located in Anacostia, D.C. While there, I witnessed junkies overdosing, black women and black men shooting and stabbing each other, pimps physically abusing their women, along with women being sexually assaulted, and constant fights every day. Every now and then, while playing hide and seek with my friends, we would come across a dead dead body. But as a little girl, there were two things I had to do to stay alive in the hood. One, avoid predatory men who pursued young girls like me at the time to either trick us out or to just flat out rape us. And two, to survive the constant beatings of my mother. Saying that my mother beat me was just putting it lightly. She tortured me, and I'll spare you the details because I doubt seriously that you as an adult would survive what I did as a child. At the age of 11, I couldn't take it anymore and I ran away. And my father took custody of me. And that's when my life changed for the better. I was the first child on my father's side to attend college. On that day that I left for college, my father looked me in my eyes and said, keep your head in them books and your goddamn legs closed. If you get pregnant, you are no longer welcome back into my house and you'll be dead to me. Everything was going great until the spring of my sophomore year. I was dating a guy and we were very sexually active, but we used condoms and we was very careful. On one day where I have an intercourse, the condom broke and I freaked out. I called a local clinic and they told me to come back in 30 days to take a pregnancy test. On the 30th day, I went into the clinic to get a pregnancy test. However, this was not a Planned Parenthood clinic. This was a clinic funded by a Christian organization to convince black women to avoid abortions. After getting giving a woman a whoop, the cup of my urine, I was placed into a small room with a TV and a VCR and was told to watch a VHS tape called The Silent Scream, which was a pro-life propaganda piece that will pull the heartstrings of women, making them feel guilty about wanting to have an abortion. When the tape was over, the counselor came into my room with a box of Kleenex tissue, and she was shocked to see that my face was just as dry as was then before I even entered the room. While sitting there at the desk, she said that she had my test results back. And she said, now, before I share the test, your test results, I want you to know, after watching that video, knowing that the test could come back pregnant, uh, positive, and you could be pregnant. Do you still want to kill your baby? Do you want to go to hell? Do you want your baby to go to heaven while you meet the devil? I looked that white woman in her eyes and I said, lady, I'd rather go to hell than to live on earth as a poor black woman. She got up, got my test results, and I wasn't pregnant. 
But I want you all to know that if I was pregnant, I would not hesitate to get an abortion. So I want to ask my opponents, instead of going for banning abortions, how about you do the following first? Eliminate child poverty, improve the maternity leave here in America, improve Medicaid and Medicare to help healthy, to help and also help fund health facilities that will help lower the maternal mortality rate among black women, who, by the way, have the highest mortality rate than any other race in America, and improve the foster care in America, just to name a few. Why aren't you fixing these problems first instead of adding to it by trying to ban abortions. I yield. You got to thank you very much for those opening statements from the pro-choice side. We're going to kick it over to Rachel and Kenan for their openings as well. If it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, folks, we're a neutral channel hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button because we have plenty more juicy debates coming up in the future. With that, Rachel and Kenan, thanks so much for being with us. The floor is all yours. Do you want to go for it, Rachel? Sure, I'll go for it. Uh, Tree gave a really compelling <clears throat> personal anecdote there. And I, I think that what she proved is that even children who are born in the worst of circumstances can make a really fantastic life for themselves and that they're valuable and their life has meaning and they can grow up to affect the world in a really wonderful and positive way, just like she has. Um, I'm not going to take that angle on this. I'm going to kind of stick to a more logical, rational type of argumentation here, um, which is to say that if you look at it historically, abortion was something that 100 years ago, when it was first legalized in the USSR, um, was supposed to be temporary. It was considered a, a stopgap measure until birth control would be legal and widely available, and then it was generally believed that abortion would be safe, legal, and rare. If you're my age, I'm 41 years old, you might remember the propaganda of the 80s and 90s was that abortion was a necessary evil, and the phrase was safe, legal, and rare. Uh, we're 100 years into birth control being legal. Um, it's widely available, super cheap, and or free for almost anyone. You can walk into a clinic and get birth control usually for free. Um, you can get condoms for free from health centers all over the place. You can get a, a prescription from Medicaid and get a $4 a month prescription for abortion or for birth control pills. Um, we have 18 plus well-tested forms of birth control, yet abortion is still extremely popular. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't become safe, legal, and rare. In fact, now the argument is... Um, People want absolutely no limitations on it whatsoever. Um, we have shout your abortion. We have people who are proud to have abortions. We have people who want to tell you how they've had multiple abortions and see it as like a fight the patriarchy kind of thing to have a, an abortion. You're pushing back against the system by doing this. Um, the problem with that is that it does not fight back against the system. It doesn't push back against anything. It's actually uh, very conducive to the system. If you have a problem with um you know, things like that. It's abortion actually is a eugenics industry at this point. Um, in the USSR, when they made abortions uh, free in state hospitals without any restrictions between 1920 and 1935, it got so bad that they got to the point where Stalin, when he took power, had to make abortion illegal again because you had three 
uh, abortions for every one live birth in Russia and the birth rate plummeted. And this was after they'd already been through World War I in a famine and it was clear that they were not gonna survive as a nation unless they did something to stop abortion. Um, we could easily end up in that situation again if we do what the far left wants or what abortion advocates want, which is it's a woman's choice up until the baby is born. So um, I don't think there's any historical evidence that abortion is helpful. Um, I don't think there's an argument that it helps babies. This argument that, uh, you know, your life isn't worth something if you're going to be poor or have a really rough time of it. Believe me, we have a lot of sympathy for those situations. I was in situations like that myself. However, there's more to life than that. So my position is that it's a human life from conception and that to, you wouldn't have to kill the baby if it wasn't murder. So You got to we'll kick it over to Kendon as well. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm Kendon Farr. Um, so much like Rachel, I'm not so much a pro-life as anti-choice. Um, I don't believe that any human agency should decide whether an individual human life should end um, arbitrarily. Um, I've noticed as well, whenever we talk about this issue, or whenever one talks about this issue, a lot of the terms that we use are euphemistic. The word abortion is actually the wrong word. Abortion is another word for miscarriage. What we're actually describing is a termination, which is more honest because we're terminating a life before it's truly emerged from the womb and flourished. Um, we also refer to clumps of cells as opposed to fetus or baby to just to tie to um, anesthetize, if that, is that the right word? So to, to soften the blow, to, ma to massage the truth. Um, it destroys human life, but not just human life, but all life chances, any impact that a human being might have. Um, and I noticed that the personal autonomy argument only reapplies in this issue. You know, my body, my choice. You very rarely hear that phrase in any other context. Unlike death, I'm not so really, I don't really care when the baby becomes conscious or not, because eventually, if left to its own devices, if it's a healthy, normal pregnancy, it will become conscious. So I'm, you know, I'm mindful of the fact that consciousness is an inevitable part of the growth within the womb. Um, it appears to me that the uh, pro-choice advocacy is mainly economic rather than moral uh, abortion is seen as the cheaper option and this is where i want to tap into what tree was saying earlier now tree's obviously given us a, a you know a harrowing story and i have genuine sympathy for her and she's obviously come up hard and i respect that um she talked about how you know instead of banning abortions why don't we improve the welfare system and healthcare provision for women and things like that as someone who lives in northwest england um and as someone who has studied the american American healthcare system quite intently. It's my opinion that the healthcare system in your country is a joke. No offence to any Americans listening. The problem is, is that because abortion is no longer just safe, legal and rare, it's as common as cookies, um, there's no incentive to improve any of your welfare systems because it's cheaper simply to kill the baby. In the same way, there's no, re you know, if you, it's like, it's the difference between building shelters for the homeless and exterminating the homeless. Both would solve the problem of homelessness, but one of them is brutal and it's unconscionable. For me, abortion is unconscionable. You don't need to improve food stamps or, you know, women's shelters or anything like that if there's no baby to feed. And I think that's the reason why a lot of um, pro-choice activists take that position, at least in politics. Um, that's kind of an opening statement. That's my ramble over. I'll kick it over to somebody else. 
You got to thank you very much for that opening. We're going to kick it right into open dialogue. want to let you know, folks, if you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to learn more about any of our guest views, you can by clicking on their links, which are down in the description box waiting for you right now. And that includes if you're listening to this debate through the podcast as we put our guest links in the description box for the podcast as well. And with that, thanks so much. Destiny Tree, Rachel, and Kendon, the floor is all yours for open dialogue. So I would like to ask Rachel, um, I want to say that uh, don't look at my story as a typical thing. I am I am not the norm. I'm very rare. A lot of children die in the hood uh, through stray bullets or through the abuse of their own parents. Um, as a matter of fact, the reason I just spared this because I wanted to, I didn't have that much, but the reason why I ran away is because I began to get taller. Um, and as I get uh, my father's six foot seven and I'm six foot three. So I began, my mother's five foot one. So I began to have a, a growth sprout and I began to get stronger. And I got tired of those beatings, those horrific beatings. And one day I just grabbed the belt that my mom used in the belt buckle. And the way she looked at me, I, that was like the worst beating I ever got. And I thought she was going to kill me. But in my head, because the ghetto has raised me in such a hard way. I thought, well, I'll kill my, my mother before she kills me. And I thought, well, let me, because I was a Christian at the time, let me run away. Let me run away so I don't go to jail and my, or I won't die from my mother kill, trying to kill me. Because eventually she said, we have a thing in the black community that, that black parents say, tell to their children, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. That's how they feel. And it has happened many times. So don't look at my situation as something that's the norm. It's not the norm. Also, I want to address your argument in reference to birth control. Birth control um, has been going on for centuries. Um, you're pagan, right? Did you or you um, did I somebody was telling me you are, you practice a pagan religion? Rachel. No. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm Orthodox Christian. OK, you're Orthodox. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that makes it easier. Well, why is it that God is allowed to kill babies, but I'm not? Well, to address oh. to address your argument here, um, just because, you know, your your story is very emotional. It's very harrowing. But we can't base an entire um, debate of ethics over, you know, uh, my personal story, yours, destinies or Kendon's. And although suffering is a reality of life, it's, we're never going to eliminate suffering. You're never going to completely eliminate poverty, disease, abuse, or suffering. And I eliminated my suffering by, by, well, if I had an abortion, I would have eliminated my suffering if I had an abortion. Well, but to say that the way to solve these problems is to just kill babies before they're born is a very eugenic sort of statement to say that it would be better for them to be dead than to grow up in poverty. First of all, I mean, I wouldn't How is eugenics equivalent to an uh, income situation. Well, that's exactly what Margaret Sanger proposed was that, you know, these people are she did uneducated. That because she thought blacks were inferior. She thought we were subhuman. That's the reason why Margaret Sanger did that. You're making the argument that it would be better for people to be dead than to be poor or suffer. No. And I'm saying that That's you can't eliminate argument. suffering. So no, my, argu my argument is, is that I have dominion over what's going on in my uterus and, and nothing within my uterus have more dominion than over me. I am. Uh, that's why I thought she was a god. I thought she was pagan because I was going to bring the goddess and the god situation in there. But since you are religious, I'm just saying, like, you know, 
God don't have no problem with uh, abortions, which, but let me just say this. There was no such thing as abortion during the biblical time because abortion is a medical uh, procedure. There was lots of miscarriages and it was straight out just God killing, like after you give birth, like God just killing children, just straight up killing children. So I'm saying, obviously, God does not have a problem with just killing children after they're born. Why would he? And there's also scriptures in the Bible where he also uh, have women to drink a potion that gives you a miscarriage. So if there's no problem with having miscarriages and God killing children, why is it? Why is it a problem for me? I'm not making a religion. I, I am Christian, but I'm not making a religious argument. I'm making a logical argument, which is that you don't stop suffering. You don't end suffering by killing people before they can live. By by that logic, it would make sense to just wipe out the planet. Then we end suffering. Just kill all the homeless. Just kill false all comparison. the drug addicts. Yes, yeah, sounds- no, that's a false comparison because there's something growing inside my uterus. Okay, that, and 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 yes, and that a- thing is a person. So at what point does you, you, I, I at what play- point does the fetus what what point does the baby inside your uterus have bodily autonomy because you're making when a it bodily can survive autonomy. outside my uterus okay but at one point you couldn't survive outside someone else's uterus. oh well here's that you asked me a question <laughs> i answer it <laughs> i answer I, it has an it has an autonomy autonomy when it can survive outside my uterus usually when it's like five months right it's usually when it's five months okay and above, but right that argument also doesn't make sense and here's why because when a baby is viable at 22 weeks, it still can't survive without intense round the clock care until it's what, I mean, at what point do we no longer need people to survive? Are we going to, are we allowed to kill everyone before they're 16, before they're 18? If you depend upon my body to survive, I get to make the rules. If you survive, if you are dependent upon me, my body, my womb in order to survive, I dictate the rules. What I say goes. Okay, Tree, but that would then that logic would have to apply to a baby who was born at term at nine months. When that baby is born, if the mother does not feed it, it dies. Not it's the real, exact no, 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 no. Same, yes, it's no, the exact no, I, same I, listen, argument. No, no, no. Baby can be yes, fed logically. By the it's no, the same argument. No, no, because a lot of women can't lactate. Okay. You no, but understand? someone has to feed it. Exactly. It's dependent someone, on but, someone. But it does, uh, so on. that person can say, "Look, if I don't feed you, you get to die." And that is a thing. No, there no, are people who do so argue wrong. that. Other people can feed the baby. It's not. There's. A, we have a thing called. There's a community to raise a child. But it, yeah, okay? it depends but on so someone, right? So if the community, you're saying that if I died. After a given childbirth and my child lives, you're saying that my child is going to die too because mommy's I'm not there to breastfeed. That's just silly. No, hold on, hold on. Let me just finish saying this. The child, you're you're just you're just straight out lying. The child can be fed <laughs> through other means, through formula, through a wet nurse, uh, and through other means. Tree, the child does not. You're need missing. Me after you're it. missing what I'm saying. I'm saying the logical extension of your argument is that nobody has a right to live until they are no longer dependent on someone else for survival. That's not my argument. My argument is that if is you can live argument. outside. No, if you, if you depend upon, here's my argument. Listen to me closely. If you depend upon my body to survive, I get to dictate the rules. And what I'm saying to you, like I said earlier, if the body, if the baby can, I think from, I, I did some research prior to coming here because I just was told today I can come. Um, a child has a chance of surviving uh, a preemie at five months. It, so, hey, there is that. But so therefore, underneath that, uh, and I'm willing to say, um, I like the heartbeat bill, but I also rather say in three months uh, is, is a good number. But I, I, I'm not, there's no hill I'm willing to die on. What I'm saying is, is that 
I'm giving you the date where I'm giving you my cutoff period. The baby can survive outside my body. Good luck. And give right. you a quick what, what I'm Rachel, to... but then we got to sure. kick it over to Steven. Steven, you look especially enthralled. So go ahead, Rachel, and then we'll kick it over. I'm, I'm just, I'm letting them do the back and forth instead of, because for abortion arguments, there's like 12 different ways to approach it. So we keep like yoink it get to like 20 right. different arguments. I'd rather let them run down the whole like Right. What I'm trying, what I'm trying yeah. to do is um, show that what Tree is doing is making an arbitrary decision about when someone is autonomous and can live on their own. And that biological extension, her argument means that when a baby is born, if the person who is charged with taking care of it says, look, this baby is a burden to me. It depends on me to live. I have to get up in the middle of the night. I have to feed it or the group or the home that it's at. Whoever is charged with taking care of a child because children, children cannot survive without round the clock care for years after birth. That's so if you're going, to do that. I'm telling you that logically, because this is, I do debates all the time. I'm a student of like logical argumentation. If you're going to argue that you have the right to kill a human being because it depends on you for survival, then by logical extension, you would have to apply that to afterbirth abortion or afterbirth murder. The baby babies. does not have to depend upon a mother after she gave birth to her. And you know that you're just being disingenuous. I'm not, you, it's not disingenuous. So it's how does the baby, so, so answer this question. I'm gonna show how everybody you're disingenuous. If the mother b- dies at birth, the baby going to die because there's nobody to give breast milk to it. There's the, the baby's going to die because there's someone, nobody going to feed it. Someone has to feed it, right? Answer the question. If the, answer the question. If, if the someone mother dies, doesn't feed it. No. Answer the question. I did. The mo- I'm no, answering not. the question. Yes. So, no, this is perfectly so valid saying, logical so argumentation. That when, the baby, when a mother dies, that nobody's going to take charge of the baby and feed it. That's what you're if saying. If someone doesn't, it will die. But and what d- you're when has that happened? I'm telling you that logically, that doesn't happen. the you're argument just lying. you're making could be used. That's just, that doesn't happen. The baby is born. If the ma- if the mother dies, somebody takes care of the baby. She's saying that if the baby doesn't die, I mean, if the ba- if the mother decides that she doesn't want to breastfeed the baby, the baby's going to die. That does not. That's happen. not what I'm saying. You're not understanding. I'm sorry, but you don't understand logic. What I'm saying is that the argument you're making could be used for people to illogical. say it's my. If this baby depends on me to live, then it is within my rights to kill it at any point. If that's I decide that I'm that's saying. too burnsome, that's it is the logical extension of your argument, ma'am. That's I'm sorry that said. you don't understand. I said I did not say that. I said when the baby you don't understand the baby, I said no. You don't understand my argument, and you you know your I'm crushing you. That's why you're reframing it. You're reframing my argument. Hold on. If we have too much speaking over each other, they won't be able to hear either of you. Just want to be sure there's not. No, she's reframing my argument. She's she's sitting up here saying, no. if you had the baby and you don't, if you gave birth to the baby and you don't feed the baby, then that means you could kill the baby. That's not exactly That's what, not I, what, I what I said. Okay. She doesn't said, understand what, I, what I'm saying. Hold because you I'll won't just, ask I'll just question. yield. No, she didn't. Yeah, no, yield yeah, because, because, because well, if right, you let's, let's let finish and then we'll come hold back on, to hold Rachel. I'm going to ask, hold on. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, uh, 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 Kendon, and I'm going to make it plain again. If the mother dies after giving birth to the child, does that mean that the child dies because there's no one to take care of it? That was not my argument. That was your argument. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I thought you yeah, Why are you still talking? You you said you yield. You, I still hear blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm at, and I, also I'm talking to Kendon. I'm trying to give somebody else to talk. Kendon, answer that question. If a woman dies after she gave birth to a baby, the baby's outside the, the womb, does the baby die too? 
Not necessarily, no. Okay, the men can have it now. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Do you want to go for it, Destiny? I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure how to come back from that one, if I'm being honest. Um, so here, this, the, is, the ladies... this is like my, my simple question for um, Kendon and Rachel. Are, when do you consider a person dead? Uh, the problem of death is a great philosophical conundrum. Um, even scientists find it difficult to identify actual, you know, death. We know symptoms of death. Uh, for example, obviously decomposition is the obvious one. Um, but obviously the body doesn't die at once. It dies in stages. There's brain death. Uh, there's all sorts of things. Um, so when do I consider a person dead? Um, when they're six feet under and they've decomposed so thoroughly that not even a talented doctor could bring them back. Um, that's the so best. If I were to chop a person's head off and I were to show you the body and it's not six feet under yet and hasn't begun to decompose, you would say that that person is still alive? No, no. So with this is, a, I don't think that decomposition, we can decompose as living people. Um, frostbite might be an example. Yeah, this is true. This. Living, um, living necrosis. Yeah, yeah and we're true. probably dead before decomposition happens um probably mm -hmm. dead before yep. we're buried hopefully yeah. so let's so backing up i think we i'll try again um what like reasonably i understand there's a hot philosophical debate maybe i, I guess around when a person is dead but when we roughly considered a person to be dead i think we've all kind of come to a consensus on this societally speaking yeah me it's when yeah. the soul is okay. no longer in the body but... where how, where is the soul at well, <clears throat> now that's a metaphysical question. That's a philosophical <laughs> question that I'm sure you're not interested in because I remember in our previous debate when I talked about souls, you scoffed. So, well, sure, um, but like, where, how do you tell me when, how, when do you know the souls left the body? Let me ask that. Um, if I show you a corpse that's rotted six months, do you think that the soul is still in that body? No. Or if I show you somebody that just had a heart attack and no. they're on the table, is their soul still in their body? No, Maybe, yeah. I think so. I can grant you this without damaging my argument. We'll mm -hmm. just, let's just say that death is after the, um, the heart has stopped and there's no more brain activity. Let's just grant you that and see where it goes. Sure. Okay. I think that's fair. I think without, before we even get into slide debate tactics, I think people generally agree that death is when you, cease having a conscious experience. There's, it seems like there's no, it's not happening anymore. Um, it used to be heart death. We found ways to keep the heart going a little bit. And as long as there's some sort of brain activity going on where it seems like you can have a conscious experience, people seem pretty comfortable to say you're either alive or dead based on that, right? If you're in a coma, why do we keep people in comas alive? Because hopefully they wake up. If we think that they're never going to wake up, then we pull the plug. So I think generally we say that death happens at the cessation of a conscious experience. So Turning around, I would apply that to the beginning of life. If we don't say that life ends when the body is completely decomposed, when the body is completely destroyed, when some biological process has happened, when we say death happens when a conscious experience ends, but when I look to the beginning to see, well, what is the start of our experience that we want to protect? I'd probably say it's the beginning of a conscious experience. I think that's the most consistent way to define the parts of life that we're interested in protecting. But like the coma patient who has the possibility of a conscious experience in the future, so does the unborn child in the belly of the woman. So the coma patients, so oftentimes people will bring up this potential of life and they'll make an ontological error where they'll say the potential of life, therefore we should protect it, where they're trying to instantiate all the all of the concepts that go along or all of the properties of life, they try to give to the potential of life. But that doesn't really work. We can talk about two different things. We can talk about life and we can talk about the potential of life. But the potential of life is not life. There is no other category where we would treat the potential of something 
as something else. The reason why we would protect a coma patient isn't because they have the potential of being alive. It's because they already were alive and they asserted some, hopefully, ability to, to stay alive, right? If you go into the hospital, unless you filled out a do not resuscitate a DNR, people assume you probably want to be kept alive. So I reject the idea that because there's a potential of life, it ought to be granted the same ontological properties as a life itself, because I don't think anybody else treats any other category that way. No, okay. Potential of life is not the phrase I should use. It's the potential of consciousness. The baby is still, a, the fetus is still alive, even if it's not capable of thinking and dreaming and planning its future. Mm-hmm. So, and so the potential of future consciousness developing is true, but there's not one yet. Nothing exists yet to assert itself. There's nothing to regard. Yes, but there is the, the, the it's an inevitable part of the of the growing of the development process. Yeah, sure. But if the, again, if the pregnancy, if the pregnancy, if the pregnancy is healthy and viable and there are no complications, this clump of cells, to use that popular phrase, will eventually develop into a baby yep. that is able to, to cogitate. <clears throat> and know? it is inevitable so, that if I drop a seed on the ground, a tree will grow, but the seed is not a tree. And my hand holding the seed is not a tree. The potential or the future development of something is not the same thing as the stages preceding it. So it is true that oftentimes left to their own devices, a pregnancy will grow into something that will have a conscious experience. That conscious experience is not there yet. And you cannot treat the development of something in the future as the thing that exists now. They're two fundamentally different things. Potentially, but the seed itself, I agree, the seed is not the tree, but the seed is tissue, whereas the sapling or the, you know, the, the root system and everything is the organism in its earliest form. So while you might not call the seed with the roots and everything else a tree yet, you would mm-hmm. acknowledge that as long as no, nobody sabotages the growth of the sapling, the tree is inevitable <clears throat> at that point. Absolutely. But there's a lot of statements that are being thrown in now that are I'm not going to obfuscate makes it sound really bad. I don't mean that, but it's, it's clouding the argument and I don't think they matter. So the seed is tissue. The seed is an organism. A corpse has a lot of tissue. A a corpse arguably has more biologically going on than a seven month old fetus, which I would say um, has a bigger right to life than uh, than a decomposing corpse. Right. But so the presence of tissue, the presence of organs, the development or whatever of some biological system isn't sufficient to say that something is is alive, right? It might be one necessary condition, but it's not sufficient. It seems like in order to get that sufficient to be protected as life, we need to have that conscious experience, something that exists that's asserting itself to exist, and that doesn't exist in fetuses until around 20 to 24 weeks. Okay, well, in, in response to that point, I, I would suggest that sufficiency is a matter of personal taste, um, that you, you obviously you've drawn the line with, it, with the development of consciousness. I can respect that as long as it's consistently applied, and obviously we'd have to talk and hash that out. Um, the problem is, is that, as I said in my beginning, I'm not so much pro-life as anti-choice. I, I I do not like the idea of people deciding whether a thing should live or die based on uh, economic or socio social um, circumstances over which it has no control. The thing I always bear in mind with this is that the child didn't ask to be conceived. It's growing in the belly. It's entirely at the mercy of external forces that, as you pointed out, in the first few weeks of its existence, it's completely unaware of. Um, the idea that human agencies should be able to decide whether, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, whether this creature should die or not, opens the door to all manner of horrors. Um, and for this, and I'll just to, I don't want to take it too far off the path. One of the reasons I oppose the death penalty is precisely this reason. I'm not comfortable with state agencies having the right to decide whether this person deserves to live or die. Um, so, it, and there's the, one of the big reasons, because I, I should come clean on this, I used to be a teacher. 
And uh, part of my teacher, tra- high school teacher, my part of my teacher training was I was taken on what we call an SEN school, special educational needs. I imagine you've got, you must have an equivalent in the United States. And the vi- uh, the deputy head teacher. Sorry. I'm sorry, well, well, what the uh, the deputy head teacher, what you would call a vice principal, was taking me on a tour of the building, and he was showing me the work that the kids were doing. And these are kids with severe learning difficulties, severe disabilities. They're learning to tie their shoelaces and make a hot drink. You know, it's very basic life skills. And he was talking about the nature. and horrendous malformations. But we don't get many kids with, and of course, we don't get many kids with Down syndrome anymore. And I went, oh, okay, and why is that? And he goes, well, because, well, there are two theories. And one, mainstream schools are better at integrating them, which is a good thing, that's positive. But the other reason is the parents just abort them. And I went, oh, okay. And that issue, that, that answer haunted me as he took me around the rest of the school. And the reason it haunted me for a good 15, 20 minutes, I had to solve it, is that that was a eugenics argument. The people had decided that because their child had Down syndrome, it was, it was unworthy of life. It was unworthy of existence, whereas I would argue that it falls upon a society, a culture, as Tree was alluding to, as was was mentioning in the in her opening statements, we ought to make provide more resources for people who, through no fault of their own, have difficulties and complications. Okay, I, so that's that's my position. Yeah. Okay, so if possible, it would be nice to stick to one of these at a time. So every single thing here yeah. is just, it's a, it's a non sequitur or not relevant to the argument. So initially you said that anti-choice, whether things should live or die based on economic or social circumstances, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if there is a thing to be protected that is being killed. Because we can all agree that if it's not a thing worth protecting, it doesn't matter if it's being removed for economic or social circumstances. The same way that I might remove a tumor from my neck, I might abort a, or I might cause a miscarriage or abort a fetus because it, it doesn't serve whatever purpose. So we're not talking about killing a child based on economic or social circumstances. We're talking about whether or not a life exists that ought to be protected. Um, you make this statement too, like the child didn't ask to be conceived. That would be like me making the statement, how do you feel about something five years after your death? You can't, you have no feelings. There is no person or entity there to have a feeling. A child doesn't ask to be conceived because the thing that is conceived does not exist to assert its preference. It doesn't exist to assert any point of view. So yeah, it doesn't ask to be conceived, but that's a, a, as nonsense a statement as, as talking about the preference of somebody that's already dead. There's nothing there to speak of. Um, For the first few weeks of his existence, we talk about something being completely unaware. That's my argument. There is no awareness. There's not even a conscious experience there. Henceforth, nothing to protect. Um, And then when we say open the door to all manner of horrors, um, that's up to interpretation. I mean, given my subjective view of this, if we say that my interpretation of everything is correct, I would say that the manner of horrors it's being open to is forcing women to be incubators for things that don't even have um, conscious experiences yet. That would be, I would say that's a potential manner of horror. If you can see a potential horror that might logically flow from any of my stated positions, I'd be interested to hear them. I don't think there are any. I think I'm pretty consistent. That's why I started, how do we define death? And then I walk that back to how do we define life? I don't think I'm making any concessions about how we treat living people based on my views of abortions, whereas you necessarily are making the concession that a woman must be forced to do something with her body against her will to incubate something, which I would argue is a much bigger concession than, than what I would ask for. Um, you talk about opposition to the death penalty, not relevant. You can support the the death penalty and support or be against abortion. One is talking about whether or not a life is in existence yet. And the other is talking about the appropriate punishment for a moral agent that is making a choice that we all agree is immoral. One of those punishments could very easily be death. That's fine. If you're a moral agent and you're making a choice between one thing or another, part of that necessarily entails consequences to your actions. If you can make decisions, then you are ready to deal with the consequences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then you talk about a lot of people bring up eugenics arguments all the time. 
Um, I don't believe people are against eugenics, and I don't think eugenics is in and of itself necessarily a bad thing. Um, for instance, everybody will say that they're against eugenics, but then if you ask, why ought we oppose ancestral relationships, one of the first answers that comes out of everybody's mm. mouth is, well, you can make kids that have like really fucked up bodies. You know, They might have judgments. Like, okay, well, that argument against incest is an argument in favor of eugenics. Um, when you tell a woman, hey, it's not really the best idea to get pregnant after age 35 because the rates of Down syndrome start to increase dramatically, that's a eugenics argument. Women opting to have children earlier in life because they can have healthier pregnancies and have healthier children is kind of eugenics argument. So I think that there are certain types of eugenics that are probably very bad. So not having black babies or not having babies with brown eyes, that's probably not good. Um, but other types of quote unquote eugenics where we're checking for fetal health, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, so to circle all the way back, I still haven't heard a single good opposing viewpoint for why we shouldn't value the beginning of life when the conscious experience starts rather when, than when just the formation of some cells begins. I haven't heard any uh, contradiction. Well, I, I think I can jump in and maybe help because I see where you're coming from, Destiny, and what you're trying to say. And I want to know, um, are you aware of the fact that scientists generally have trouble understanding what consciousness even is and that we don't necessarily know for sure that babies, let's say at 16 weeks of gestation, do not have some kind of conscious experience. An example of this would be if I take a, a high dose of DMT and I'm seeing machine elves and I'm um, hallucinating all kinds of fun, crazy stuff, I'm having a conscious experience. But what does that mean and where does the value of that come in? So <clears throat> I think to cite <clears throat> consciousness is somewhat arbitrary. Um, could you maybe give us a better definition of where, when you think consciousness starts, why you've chosen that as the marker, why that's the bar that you've chosen? Um, so I said at the very beginning of this debate, the reason why I chose, con so um, I don't believe that consciousness is arbitrary. Um, I think for the purpose of a debate, maybe somebody could wheel that line out. But when we step into the real world, it is very clearly the line at which we draw between alive and dead when it comes to people in hospitals. Um, this is not an assertion of philosophy. It's not a game that a neuroscientist might play. And it's not just in the domain of internet debate. It is a choice that is made every single day in hospitals all across the world throughout all the history of time throughout all the cultures of society for when a person is, is, is dead or alive. When you right, no longer can wake up again and be a conscious person, you're considered dead. So, so if you yeah. knock me out, if you hit me in the head and knock me out and I'm unconscious and nobody's sure if I'm going to wake up again, it would then be ethical to kill me? Well, if, if you're never going to wake up again. How then, do we know if I'm never? Never is a very uh, metaphysical you know, concept. How would you know if I'm never going to wake up again? So let me understand. Do you think that these determinations are never made? I think that they're made, but I do think that they're arbitrary. For example, when you said we generally pull the plug on people if we think they're not going to wake up, uh, that's not something that I would necessarily do. And that gets into a whole nother debate over whether you think that life extension um, is a good idea or how, how far we should take that. When what I'm saying it, is when you your say argument is resting on the fact that if somebody is unconscious and we don't think they can have a conscious experience in the future, it's ethical to let them die. And as Kenyon said, or Kendon said, um, we know that babies will have like the vast majority of them will have conscious experiences if we don't kill them first. So can I'm you, trying to. Yeah. For, can you tell me what you mean when you say arbitrary? I need to understand what you mean when you say arbitrary. I mean, you're kind of basing it on a preference or something that's not very objective or something that you don't have a good epistemology for something you don't have a good logical reason for. 
So when we talk about the beginning of life, we're almost necessarily in some normative category because we're, we're trying to create a definition. We're not going to find this epistemically, like scientifically, right? So necessarily it's going to be somewhat arbitrary, of course, but any definition that you give is going to be just as arbitrary as any definition that I give, right? Whether or not we ought to value something as living, living that is necessarily a normative position, right? You can't think of any even if you tell me life begins at five seconds past conception or at, at the moment of conception, I'm going to ask you, why do you value it at that point? And right. that's when the normativity comes in. You're going to have to justify it. So saying no, that that's, my position- that's actually why I would reject the idea of using normative ethics, because depending on, you know, the time and the ethos that you are raised in um, will determine what the normative ethics of the time are. So I don't think that we can use just normative ethics kind of infers like a, um, a consensus, right? Well, no, hold on. Can you give me an example? Can you give me an example? Just a very simple, quick statement. What is an example of something about when life begins that you believe is is devoid of normativity? Some, what do you mean? Something like what, 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 like what's a statement of like, this is when life begins that you think isn't a normative statement. I think we know when life begins, but you're not hinging your argument on that. You're hinging it on when consciousness begins. And I'm asking you to tell me how we establish when consciousness. Well, no, no, hold on. So all of us are trying to figure out like when human life when the thing is like a human worth protecting. We're all trying to figure that out. So I'm asking you, what's an example of a statement that you believe is not normative? Is it a moral statement? What's an example of that? Well, they're all going to be normative. So my, my moral statement, which is that if it's a human being and you intervene to kill it, even if it's in the earliest fetal stages, that that would be unethical because if you did not intervene, it would probably grow and more like more than likely grow and have a conscious experience and be born, uh, you would probably say that that's not normative, right? Well, what I, what, no, no, the part that I would say is normative is when you're saying that like, this is a human being, like at the very beginning of this moment of conception, that that's like, that's a, that, when, when I, real quick, when I say normativity or normative statement, that's another word for like a, like a, like, like a moral statement. Um, right. I would say that that statement has some level of subjectivity to it. We can't go into the world and discover like, what is a human? When do humans exist? Right. These are statements that as humans, we like, we decide these things. There's, there's well, not like I think an answer. We can. I think we can definitely determine that something's human. Your argument is that it doesn't matter if it's human. It matters if it's conscious, right? Okay. Let me try this one more time. What, what I'm saying <laughs> is that you can't say that my definition is arbitrary when we're talking about like, when do we begin to protect a life as like a thing that is worth protecting? Because every single statement is going to be somewhat arbitrary by your definition of arbitrary. All of them are arbitrary. There isn't like, uh, this is objectively correct. They're all arbitrary. No, I'm speaking specifically to, to, be, to your argument of when consciousness to be, to be fit, begins. Sure, that's fine. I'm just saying to that be, they're, they're all arbitrary. So that's not, that's not, I don't think that's a good like contention of argument, but I'm sorry, moving past that one real quick. Um, when, when, like, so you're telling me, if you want to point to the idea that it's hard to draw some distinction between A and B, um, like when is a person going to have a conscious experience again, like in the coma versus never, and you're going to try to argue that, um, that like, well, because you can't give me the exact answer for this, there's actually, there's a specific name for this logical fallacy, but I can't think of it. But basically like, if you have two different categories and there's a lot of overlap or blur and it's hard to distinguish one from the oh, other, okay. you can, what? Oh, I thought I heard him say it, sorry. Um, but yeah, if, if, there, if it's hard to distinguish between A and B or there's a blurry line in the middle, therefore there's no difference between the two, that's, that doesn't logically follow. Um, no, like so, for instance, so if, I, if just, I point, if I point out- Let me clarify then. Let me sure. clarify because- it sounds like it's, we're getting off into weeds. 
Can wait, you hold on, wait, me? let me finish real quick. We're not getting sure. into weeds. I don't like that you said that. Okay, so let me just finish this quick example, okay? Um, you're, you're trying to say like, oh, well, he could be conscious, could not be conscious. If I were to show you a person and I were to stick a mini micro bomb in their brain and blow it up and they had no brain left, but they were still like a person looking at you, okay? But, but their brain was exploded. And then I give you another person who fell asleep and I say, which one is more likely to become conscious again? You're always gonna point to the sleeping person. So it might be hard to tell the difference between one or the other in a lot of narrow edge cases, but you can't use that to say like, well, we have no idea because clearly we make these judgments okay, all the great. time about who will become conscious. Who won't perfect. Be. Yeah. That's perfect. So tell me okay. when consciousness begins. Um, so it's hard to know exactly when, but it seems to be the case that conscious is an emergent property from several structures in the brain that start to exist and communicate with each other at around 20 to 24 weeks during gestation in the brain of the fetus. So we don't know. Well, we don't know so, exactly. But so we, what I'm we, saying is there's no ethical line you could draw where you could say this is conscious now and it's not conscious now. And that's where we can draw the line of where we can um, abort well, something. The, when you when you tell me that I don't know exactly when it is, um, all what you could do if you wanted to attack Mark and say, well, you need to broaden your range a bit. Uh, since you don't know exactly 20 to 24 weeks is not good. You should say 16 to 28. If you want to do something like that, then you could do that. But you can't say because I can't give you an exact argument that I'm incapable of, of, of making that distinction. Um, very, very, very quickly. Um, Loki makes a wager with some goblins. Eventually he loses. And what he'd wagered was his head. They take him back to the prison. They go to chop his head off. So they, they lay him over the thing. They pull his hair up and then they set an ax across the back of his neck. And he says, you can chop my head off, but you cannot take an inch of my neck. You can't take any of it, but you can, you can take my head, but not any of my neck. And they move the ax back and forth and they're not entirely sure where does the neck end and the head begin, and he ends up walking. It's called Loki's paradox, I think. Yeah. Um, just because I can't tell you exactly where one begins and one ends doesn't mean I can say, look, there is no such thing as heads or necks because it's hard to tell when it starts. It doesn't work that way. So what I would say to that is that if you, to hinge your entire ethical argument on consciousness and when consciousness begins, when we cannot even quantify what a conscious, a valuable conscious experience is. If I'm dreaming, am I conscious? Am I not? If I'm DMT tripping, am I conscious? Am I not? If I'm 18 weeks gestation versus 24 weeks gestation, am I conscious or am I not? I would say that uh, it makes much more sense logically to say, we're not going to intervene and kill something before it can have a conscious experience because that's our preference, because it would be either more um, convenient for us, it would be less hardships for us, uh, because we foresee so, that the child might not have a good future. I'm, I'm not saying making these any, are of those, very bad. any of those arguments. Yeah, I'm right, not making any of those arguments. You're so not making also, those arguments. To be clear, I'm also, saying, every, every argument you're making can be very easily addressed. When you take DMT or when you're dreaming, even if you were to, to, to temporarily completely cease your conscious experience, you already existed and you already asserted something. If so, Rachel says, I'm going to do this, but don't let me die. And then you disappear exist. from- They do exist. No, no. You're just saying we're not talking, we're not talking about- yet. No, no, You're we're not talking- You're saying that if it's not no, no, conscious no. yet, it doesn't I, matter if it already No one exists. here is denying that fetuses exist. if you stop it from no. having the conscious experience, then it can't have it. No one is saying whether or not fetuses exist. We all agree that they exist. The question yes. is, has there been a conscious experience yet to assert itself or any preferences? For Rachel, for you- before you How take does the a 20-week gestation in a fetus assert itself because or have it's a having a conscious experience. How do you know there? that? You because don't know the necessary that. I don't know one hundred percent. No, you don't know one hundred percent. Technically, if you want to get ultra philosophical about it, there's something called a philosophical zombie. I don't even know if you're having a conscious experience. That's not an insult, but we don't technically right. know if anybody. How do you is, right? know you're not just a brain in a vat? How do sure. I know I'm so, right? But, but, How do any so, of us but we know? can we so can we can we can say this is a very silly place to base not, an ethical argument off of. In my not, opinion. 
It's not silly. Only in debate terms is it silly in the middle of a debate. But if you step into the real world, these are the decisions that we make in hospitals every single day Destiny, across all of time and debate? across all of space. If you think that debate is silly and there's this delineation between the real world and philosophy and that we can't use logical argumentation to determine these things because in the real world, we just all agree or in the real world, these are all fallacies. It's a it's a logical fallacy to say, well, in the real world, it works differently. No, no, I'm not. I'm, what I'm trying so to do is I'm trying no no it's, I'm not trying to to hand wave debate what I'm trying to do is to take cuz if I'm in the middle of making an argument what sometimes I'll take a step back and I'll say have I committed myself to a position that actually seems highly incongruent with a macro picture so when we're in the midst of an argument and we start saying things like well really we don't have any idea if any conscious experience exists we don't know anything about it well let's take a step back on a macro scale do we really believe that Clearly, we don't believe that. If we look at how we behave in the real world, if we look at how we behave in hospitals, where we're deciding when to kill people or when not to kill people, clearly we have some concept of conscious experiences. When we look at how we treat people with medicine, when we look at how we analyze structures of the brain, when we look at where like death comes from, right? It's not when you cut off your arm. It's not when you lose a kidney. It's when your brain stops to function. It seems like we have some conception of where conscious experience comes from. So we go back then to the debate and we look at the microscopic arguments we're making to say things like, well, we don't know anything about conscious experience. It seems a little bit... Um, I don't want to, it seems like not the best faith of an argument. It seems like a debate argument because that's not true. All of us have some concept of like how consciousness works and how we decide when people are dead. Yeah. I don't want to soak up the whole entire debate with you and I going back and forth on epistemology and philosophy and logical argumentation. So we'll just kind of leave that there for right now. I think we've kind of exhausted that and we'll let the other two panelists say some, say some things. Um, Rachel and Kendon, are you both life absolutists? Uh, oh, you'd you have to define, define the phrase. Can you define that? Yeah. Meaning that everybody should live no matter what. Under no well, circumstances, no one should die under any circumstances. Stances. Actually, mm -hmm. I'll even say under no circumstances should anyone be killed. Uh, I would not well, be a there, life there, absolutist there are, two, there, are two, there are too many variables there. Yeah. So, for example, in the case of self-defense, you know, I know there are people like Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, who refuse to defend themselves even if someone comes at them with a knife. I'm not one of those people. Um, is in that, situ that situation, for example, in the case of self-defense, if there's a chance that one of you is going to go down, it may, it's, it's an, almost an animal reflex to defend yourself. So if you believe that if, a li if what you mean by life absolutist is someone who cannot think of a situation in which killing of another human being would ever be permissible, then no, I'm not one of those people. Okay. I, I, there must be exceptions to. I hate absolute rules. There must be an exception to an absolute rule. Um, if you see what I mean, if that's not an absurd thing to say. Rachel, but there are certain decisions. Rachel, can you kill the spirit? No. So, what's the problem with abortion as a Christian? Well, again, I don't know if I want to get into a religious framework because that's not really in honor of the panel, I don't want to sit here and talk about like uh, theological concepts because everyone else here besides me is secular. So I don't think it's actually proper to get into um, God because then we would have to define who God is, what God, which God. I, I, I'll, I'll take your definition of God in the Bible. Is that fair? I mean, whatever God you want to say, no, I'll stand because, by um, the, 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 the trouble is the Bible differently, even Christians. Yeah, 
So. Yeah, I was going to say as well that because because it would put Ra- I would argue that it, not that Rachel needs me to defend her, but it would put her on the spot because of course any religious argument we she makes in defence of the pro life position you can be easily dismissed with well, yeah because I'm not religious so it doesn't matter true, you know true, that true. that kind but, of invalidates the position or that's that's true for you, Kendon. But when I'm talking to Rachel, you know, uh, I I want to see what is the root cause of. Uh, why she really is against abortion, because, you know, if you're saying killing, then I'm saying I would object to saying, well, you can't kill the spirit. Um, and that's why I asked no, her. So I, that's ki- why I don't I'm not making a religious argument. Um, I'm making an, an ethical well, could, argument. Could spirit be spiritual, too? I mean, does it really have to be religious? Yes, but you're 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 forming a straw man because I'm not making that argument. That's not the argument I'm making. I'm, I'm saying I'm not. I'm asking you a question. I didn't even frame nothing. I asked you a question. I asked you, do well, you? Well, I mean, you could you ask me what my favorite can... color is or what my favorite dessert is, but we're here to debate the topic, and but that's not my argument. You accuse me of straw manning you, and I'm saying no, I did not. You're lying on me again. I asked you a question. I asked not you, lying. do you? Yeah, you did. I asked you, everything do I say you that you believe? don't like is lying. No, I mean, no. I asked, did I not? Yes or no? Did I not ask you, can you kill the spirit? Did I not ask you that? Yeah, and I said no. So how was that straw manning you? Because then you went in to say like, well, if God does this or tell me why God says we can't have abortions. And I didn't say you, that. I did not say that. <laughs> okay, I, ans- I answered uh, your wrong. question. I answered okay. your question. All right. so, so are you and, going to actually make an argument? So, well, I was until you and I was about to make an argument until you basically interrupted me by saying that I falsely accused me lying, saying that I'm, I straw man you and I just showed you I didn't. OK, so the reason my argument was is like, I don't believe you can kill anything. OK, and I'm not and not by the way, I'm agnostic. I'm not religious. So uh, and I and I know Christians who also everybody on several faith believe that you can't kill energy. So I wanted to know, like, what's the big deal uh, I told to get the argument of conscious, not conscious, sentient, not, I get that, okay? I just wanted to, to get a grasp on what is the root problem to terminating an abortion, kill the baby, whatever you want so, to name so it. So did, did you just tell me that because you can't kill energy... I didn't tell you and anything, you but you what said, I just said. You, you just said, I don't believe you can kill energy. Right. Right? Um and did you say that, would you agree then that you can't kill the spirit as you put it? Um, so, well, I'm not religious, but I'm just, that's why I'm asking. Okay. But I'll go ahead and say, I mean, I'm not asking, but I'll just say, sure, you can't kill the spirit. I'll okay. go ahead. And so I'll then by and that extension, this, I'm going to try again to help you understand the logical extensions of the arguments you make, which is then it's no problem if I kill you right now. Because I can't kill your spirit, I can't kill your energy, what's the big deal? You're going to reincarnate, you're going to still exist in some form. It's just a dead end, it's a total non sequitur, it's not even worth considering when we're trying to have an argument here. Well, killing me right now is against the law, and nice try, you wouldn't even have that opportunity before I get you first. And I don't know about that, I'm a firearms instructor and I teach defense, yeah. You don't know Well, you're trying to get all bad on me, so I just thought I I would say you don't. Do you know my my firearm experience? Okay, Do you know mine? No, you just, I mean, you just assume that you can get me. But you're trying to, this ma'am, I'm with all okay, due so, respect, but anyway, let me get I back think you're jumping your head here there, and you don't understand is, how to make a logical you just argument try to do a dick measuring contest with fallacy. me and I just took you on it. No, okay, so here's my thing. So let me, let me go ahead and say fallacies. what I got to say. So Destiny, what I, I'm sorry that this person is. This I'm enjoying person? this. I'm having fun. This person? Yeah, what do you mean by this person? Uh-oh. <laughs> 
I mean, oh, so you want to dehumanize me now? No, How white I'm saying, you, okay? I'm I can saying play that, that game you too, okay? do not understand the basic framework of logical argumentation. You'll take a position that can be extrapolated now, to something you absurd and you don't even understand when you're losing. That. No, that's what that is. You I'm did not reframing anything. You did it with anything. me and you did it with I am destiny. following the logic of your position, ma'am. No, that's you're what not. I'm doing. No, you're not. Stop lying again. So, okay, here's my, <laughs> I want to, I want to get back to the argument on uh, what I said in my opening statement to try to ban abortion. It's like a slippery slope. Do y'all want to go to now uh, banning plan B next? When will it stop? I mean, right now, abortion what, what is, is legal. What is, plan, what is plan B? Plan B is a, a, a pill. If you have um, sex and uh, if the condom broke or it was unprotected or if you raped or stuff like that um, and you believe that you're about to get pregnant, um, you take this pill is called plan B pill um, that will prevent a fertilized egg from attaching to the walls of a uterus. So in other words, that is, if you really want to be technical, that is a way of aborting a child because you are, pre you're preventing a fertilized egg from attaching to the uterus, therefore being uh, discharged through the cervix and out of the vagina and dying out. The the only nuance I would draw there is that if you're still talking about tissue, um, then it doesn't it doesn't vex me too much. I'm also rather soft on the topic. I, I probably I shouldn't use this the way I'm going to phrase this poorly. But in, in cases of rape, I understand that because it's not just a physical but also a psychic trauma, and I'm also a coward. Uh, I couldn't look a rape victim in the eye and say, well, tough. I, I couldn't do that. Now, if that's an inconsistency in my argument, then that's that's fair enough. No, I, and people that's can fair. To pieces if they want to. No. <laughs> um, but but because I couldn't like, I mean, like, so if I make this, let's make this personal to treat, right? I'm going to make this personal to you. Right? If you told me that you were pregnant and you were pregnant through rape. I couldn't say, well, sorry, you got to bear the child if you're a rapist. I, I, because I know I can't do that. I don't have the stones to do that. When it comes to that particular scenario, I tend to be rather soft. It's, it's still, I'm still killing a child. You know, I'm still maintaining that position. Um, also, when it comes to medical abortions, uh, medically necessary abortions, like ectopic pregnancies, that's a non-issue for me. Um, because obviously, in that scenario, the baby dies either way. Um, my fundamental, you know, sort of abortion argument, anti-abortion argument, is that, you know, you could draw the line at consciousness, but we don't even know if consciousness exists. Um, you could talk about, you know, the quality of life when it's born, but who's to say whether someone's quality of life, uh, you know, how who sets up the scale? There are certain decisions that I don't believe human agencies could should make, and one of them is whether an entire human timeline, because that's ultimately what we're talking about here, an entire human timeline should be snuffed out um, before it's emerged from the uterus. That that's that's my fundamental pro -li uh, pro life position or anti choice position. Um, yeah, so. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I've just dropped that there. You can pick it up and do what you like. Oh, with it. well, okay. Well, one last one last thing. I, like I said in my opening arguments, why go for banning? Like I said, abortion is not completely banned throughout the entire country. Um, I also, by the way, I saw uh, I saw your 
uh, debate. You did very well. And I wanted to address something in reference to this. You didn't say this. It was said to you about back alley abortions. Mm. That's not yeah. going to be a thing. OK, uh, we have too many programs. We have too many foundations that will actually pay for women, no matter what state they're in, whether uh, abortion is abolished completely or if, if it's a heartbeat bill, they will pay for that woman to get a, a, a a ticket to a uh, pro-abortion state to have that abortion, and they will uh, provide her medical needs as well as her room service and her travel fees. So the whole this whole argument of we're going back to, to the co-hangers, that's not a thing. So I just want to let you know. Yeah. With that being well, said... I'm okay. sure that's true. No, I said I'm sure that's true. Uh, yes, um, when I was talking about my debate with Stardust, even Canada has stated that they will uh, pay for abortions. You have Amazon. You have uh, you. There's so many. um, There's so many corporations out there that will that specifically stated that they will pay for a woman's abortion. But if, can I pick up on that tree? Is that all right? Sure. Um, Yeah. yeah. yeah, The reason why corporate, in my opinion. The reasons why these big companies, well, the two reasons why these big companies are prepared to sponsor their employees to fly to, you know, California. Because they don't want to pay for the maternity leave. They don't want to pay for the maternity (laughs) leave. They don't want to lose. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about the ethics of abortion, I would argue that that's a complete abnegation of the topic because what you're doing is what what these companies are doing is saying, well, we could we could you know sponsor young mothers and make sure they've got diapers and formula and you know baby grows and things like that, or we could just pay this bitch to kill her unborn kid. That's the cheaper option, and as a corporate entity, that's the that's the decision we're going to make. And Not that is so that, callous can, and cold and calculating. Yeah. You can it's look actually at history revolting. and see Oh that. my God, I am still listening to Kenan, Kendon, and you are butting in Rachel as always. Kendon, can you please finish your argument? I was very, I was enjoying you I thoroughly was just going before to you were rudely interrupted by her. Sorry, well, no, please pick say, up that, what but, you were saying. But, but, but I was going to say, well, Rachel... You know, I was I'm sure Rachel was. You haven't really been position. talking that much, so I would like to hear more of your voice than her voice, if you don't mind. But go ahead. Well, my argument is is that the only reason these big companies are paying women to fly to I don't know Honolulu or wherever they're going to have these clinics to have these procedures is because it's the cheaper option. And if you remember when my opening arguments, I said most of the arguments for abortion are purely socioeconomic, like mm-hmm. someone of your background tree, mm-hmm. uh, born in hardship, raised by abusive parents or whatever, you know, or callous people. Mm-hmm. Those are problems we can address. Mm-hmm. But my argument is, is that um, abortion is used as a kind of um, eject a but- is it ejection button. It's like, or the emergency shoot or whatever. It's like, right, well, we'll ignore all the social problems that affect. And I'm, I'm, I realize that you're, you live in a different country. I don't know where in America you are, but I've been, to, I've been, I want, Oh, you're in Georgia, right? Mm. Well, I'm one of the few British people I know who's been to the south side of Chicago, and I've seen um, areas of the new, of greater New York City that are a bit run down. And I can imagine that it'd be totally tempting that if you were pregnant and you lived in those circumstances to go right. Well, I can't raise a kid here because I live in a well, you know in a slum, so I've got to get I'm going to destroy this child. Whereas my argument is is that if you increase if you if you deny that option that get out clause. 
it would encourage, hopefully, people to provide all of the welfare reforms that you mentioned in your opening statement, such as... Do you really well, think I, I our government would do that, though? Seriously, our government is, is shit, okay? I, I Let me repeat your argument back to you, so I'm not accusing them, not knowing your logic. You're saying that... Uh, <laughs> you're saying that if, um, if, if we allow if we allow abortion to be illegal this will this will force if not encourage um uh facilities including the government to impose upon good medicaid good medicare and also uh good uh programs to help not rectify not eliminate child poverty but relieve it tremendously did, did i understand it correctly Force is probably the wrong verb. Okay, now um, because obviously I'm because because now because my thinking is entirely wishful. Um, I recognise that the United States. Well, it, it seems to think that all welfare is communism or something, and it's not very it's not very keen on it. Um, a blended system of like capital uh, capitalist economic forces and social welfare provision. It, it seems like a difficult marriage, uh, you know, a troubled marriage for the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it certainly would it would encourage it. It would strengthen the arguments for any kind of welfare provision. Whether it actually works or not is something that. Well, I'm gonna. I mean, you're all American. You 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 tell me um, whether it actually works or you live there. I'm merely spitballing, um, but my argument would be is that there is simply no incentive. If it's cheaper to just exterminate human beings before they're born, that's the option everyone's going to go for. And anything like, you know, uh, school start, sure starts or food stamps or uh, whatever, that stuff will never improve because there's no it's because there's no incentive to improve it. Does that make does that make any kind of yes. sense? Yeah. So the yeah. The only thing I was going to add to what Kenyon, Kendon was, sorry, I keep saying Kenyon. I don't know why I'm saying that. Kendon was saying is that uh, corporations have an even bigger incentive, which is not just the short-term cost, but the longer-term cost. We have data from a century of countries around the world that shows that where you legalize abortion, um, female participation in the workforce goes up exponentially, like by a large margin. I think it's something like it, it went up like 10 to 12 times in countries where they made abortion legal. So of course, corporations have a very vested long-term interest in providing abortions to females that they want to have in the workforce. That's all I was going to say. Well, I was going to say, and if I can pick up on that, Rachel, um, one of the other, you often find that a lot of people who are pro-choice are also anti-capitalist, especially in the United States. They hate the corporatocracy, if that's even a word, uh, you know, runs the United States of America um, and obviously lobbies uh, politicians all the time and things like that. Um, By uh, by constantly treating this issue as an economic one, a socioeconomic one, and ignoring any kind of ramifications, so spiritual or moral, whatever philosophical ramifications, you turn, as Rachel's alluded to, women as well as men, of course, uh, into just cogs in the corporate machine. And there, the, the advantage of having a home life. Life and having something is away from the markets, away from uh, the workforce, away from the factory, making widgets or whatever, is that it takes power away from them. Um, I would argue. Again, you want to you want to tear that apart? You can do. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I think that when you provide excellent and I'm um, speaking from experience, I used to live in uh, Germany for five years. Um, the, maternity oh. le- the maternity leave is two years. 
Um, the baby. Is it too? Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, they take care. Well, the Germans of, are doing it properly then. I'm, I'm genuinely it impressed with that. Yeah. And it yeah. encourages the women to not leave the workforce, but also allow to have a baby. They also, uh, Germany also uh, um, provide them a, not a nanny, but somebody to come and help, like clean the bu- diapers and, um, uh, also, uh, oh shoot, sorry about that, my freaking phone. To also clean the diapers and to also uh, help around the house with the mother. So mm-hmm. you know, this is something yeah. that 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 they that should be here. So my argument would be, um, why not have that uh, here in America first, and then start going for the abortion. Well, timing could well be an issue, I suppose. But um, you know, you could why not? But why not do both at the same time? I suppose you could argue. Um, why not get rid of abortion and improve your welfare service? But the trouble is, as well, I think because Roe versus Wade in your country um, was it was uh, I don't want to say sneakily done because it was done in public, but it was it was it was slipped in. Is that the phrase I want to use? Uh, I think this has been a hot pot. This since 1973, Roe versus Wade was put into place, wasn't it? Uh, since the 1970s, Roe versus Wade has been a hot button issue. It, it's not even uh, it's not even about abortion at that point. It's the way it was done. It was the way it was punted upstairs to the Supreme Court. It was passed without grassroots support, really. Uh, no popular vote. No consideration of state legislature. Um, it's anti-democratic. It's undemocratic. One could argue it's anti-federal because yours is, of course, a federal system, as you know better than I do. And so, I think Roe versus Wade has been there like a thorn in the side of constitutional conservative America um, since the seventies, and that's why they're desperate to get rid of it. Um, also, a lot of Republicans in your country believe, rather than having a bloated centralized. Um, state welfare system they believe in local government they believe in local charity uh, religious involvement of course religious charity um so yeah they they a lot of the people who oppose roe versus wade also oppose very welfare provisions Absolutely. that i would they actually are, endorse we're going to agree on um, that one actually i i'm going to tell you this is we, we i see the conservatives over here they're so hypocritical they don't want to take care of these unplanned pregnancies they lose their crap when it comes to where fair and let's not talk about anchor babies so they they're, they sit up here and they hate when women have a bunch of unplanned pregnancies they always want to do this fatherless home situation but yesterday they tell me don't you kill your baby don't you kill your baby because the lord said so i i can't stand that and i don't come from that that position at all i think like hey like i want I want abortion to be available so that we don't have to worry about a bunch of welfare. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be on that hill because, but you can't sit up here and, and deny uh, um, financial assistance from the government, which my side bitch about all the time and then sit up here and encourage the very thing that's going to cause us, that's going to raise our taxes and cause us Mm. to pay, uh, the welfare that, that a lot of people on the right don't want to uh, do the cut service. Don't yeah, do yeah. As I say, I'm not. I'm as I say, I'm not addicted to welfare in the sense that I don't. I don't particularly want everybody to be slaves to a welfare state. But I recognise. I've had this conversation thanks to James and uh, Stephen Ryan of the YouTube channel Cider and Port. I don't know if he's watching, but then you know, I've just promoted his YouTube channel for him. Um, the uh, this is where the conversation starts. It's not. It's not where it ends. And I think the trouble is, particularly in the American conversation, it's you're either pro-life or pro-choice. 
and and that's it you know and then but there of course there are ramifications for what i am proposing and what rachel is ultimately proposing is an increased number of babies in the civilization that we're discussing so what are you going to do about it it's no good it's no it's no good preserving ensuring you know forcing women to carry a baby to term and giving birth if mother and baby are going to die in the street because they're sleeping in a cardboard box you know there has to be there has to be some kind of adjustment maybe not a massive one but there has to be some kind of adjustment um yeah so uh what was i going to put i had a point and it's gone i'm going to leave that there i think because i'll stop i'll stop rambling I'll, I'll, I'll try and remember what i was coming up with does anybody else want to, to, to tear apart what i've said destiny's been very quiet for a yeah, while Steven. i don't mind uh, I don't, mind, I don't, I don't think mind. any of the conversation topics are relevant to anything. Um, the, I've said the, I think that the only thing that matters with abortion is determining when it's a life or not, and that past that point, every conversation topic is, is meaningless. Because uh, any topic you talk about socioeconomic or any issues, we would never, ever, 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 ever accept killing a one-year-old child. So if we think that like a fetus is a life, then I don't care like what any other arguments are it's you just shouldn't have an abortion so i usually don't engage with anything past that uh past that distinction of when is it worth protecting and when is it not because i don't think it's relevant well so. the, the the only thing the only thing i would say is that you know life does begin at conception even the medical forces would acknowledge this um i don't think consciousness is a particularly good barrier because of course con- there is some debate about whether consciousness even exists um there because the potential of consciousness like waking up from deep sleep or a coma exists for most babies um exists you know there's very few babies you know stillbirths and miscarriages are fortunately rare and as someone who has dealt with you know in my private life you know i have female friends who have fallen pregnant who have miscarried and who have had stillbirths and all sorts of things um it's worth preserving because it's it's a living it's an organism at that point it's worth preserving it's going to become a baby it's going to become a human being and i find that all uh, all lines that are drawn about, you know, whether it's a, it's a true human being or not are entirely arbitrary. It's entirely down to personal taste. And I don't think that any human agency, whether it's government or religious or social, should have the right to determine whether something should live or die or not based on a definition that someone's written down um, somewhere, which is obviously subject to revision. Um, so, yeah, yeah there we go. Well, okay, I'd be like, I disagree with every single statement you made. So we say life being as a conception. Sure, uh, there is a life, some kind of life there, some kind of living thing. But we don't protect all living things. We're concerned with protecting human life, right? So when does that when does that yeah. thing become something worth like protecting? Is the question. Um, when we talk, we don't even know if people are conscious. I, I don't. I don't know how to engage with that. I, I think I've demonstrated adequately that like consciousness is something that all of us consider, and it is the thing that we consider for when people are dead or not. You can keep a body alive for a long time with a bunch of different fancy machines, but if they're never going to wake up, we don't waste the money to do that because there's no purpose in doing that. Um, we, we don't say that things are worth preserving just because they're organisms. There's a million different types of organisms we wouldn't preserve. Um, when you talk about the fact that it's going to become a baby or human being, it seems like you're acknowledging that there is a distinction between what it is and what it's going to become. And it is not the thing that it's going to become. That's why it's going to become that thing. And you do not have all of the inherent properties of the thing you're going to become when you haven't become it yet. Therefore, there is a distinction there. When we say that it's entirely arbitrary, sure, but that's not a way to get rid of any arguments because obviously we need to decide at some point we're not going to kill five-year-olds and say, well, it's all arbitrary. Um, and personal taste also doesn't apply here because we're talking about social values for the entirety of society. We can't say it's in my personal taste to kill five-year-olds. And to say that the government doesn't have the right to determine if something should live or die, that is probably one of the most important functions of the government is to protect life. Um, governments will make rules on whether or not how we can kill each other or who's entitled to live or die based on like certain things. Like you're not allowed to just like dump your child in the street and watch them die, or you have some obligation to take care of children in your house. You can't just kill your grandma because she's really fucking annoying. So. Yeah.
I agree with everything that Stephen just said, strangely enough, except for the fact that I would not say that consciousness is, is the, the thing that we would use. It shouldn't. What be is your effort. positive argument? What, what, what would you say then? I guess what is so. You right. can give so me a what position. I would say yeah. is um, it is a human life that we know for sure. We don't, Wait, but I'm asking sure. what, at what point do you endow it with like moral consideration? What, what, Immediately. what does that happen? Immediately, like yes, you would have to, yeah. you would have to say um, conception, and my definition of that would be like implantation, because who you don't know if a fertilized egg is going to be. You just there's no practical. Why, way wait, to why know would you that. say implantation and not conception? Well, because up until it implants, that's not any. It's not necessarily human life. You can't say that. Um, so are you, you in know, favor of cell like- division is happening or things like that? Because I mean, you, you just won't know. Like, you, what are you going to do? Hold on. Let's like, say, let's say that we take an egg from a person and we start growing it in an incubator. Is this never going to become a human because it didn't implant in a uterus? Oh or? well, that okay. That would be an exception then. So if we did do that, then yes, it would be a human life. Okay. Then are you in favor of also Plan B since that prevents implantation? I'm not really in favor of Plan B, but as a legal, so there. Wait, how? how me, wait, you got You have to say why. Right, right. I'm going to say why. I'm yeah, going to okay, totally go explain it. why. So there's a difference to me between the ethical argument and the legal argument. Ethically, well, I'm only asking ethically. I don't right, care ethically, legally. I'm against it. Legally, I would probably okay, permit it I'd further. Super eject the legal shit. Right, I super don't sure. care because we're not having a okay. legal argument right now. So how can you be against it? If you think that implantation is the moment a life begins, because I'm against any measure that prevents human life. So if you've already, you don't know, right? When you take a plan B, you don't know if that egg is fertilized or not. You don't Hold know on. if we need if to, I, you to have to amend that statement because I'm guessing you don't think that like condoms are a form of abortion or something, right? Even no. though they prevent human life. No, right? I think there's a difference between abortificent types of birth control and non-abortificent types. Well, how is it a, an abortificent if you don't think it's a human life until implantation begins? Well, it, no, I, implantation, so let me clarify. It's not okay, that I it. don't think it's human life. I, I was mainly making a pragmatic, like legal argument of Wait, where well, I'm I not looking for so. pragmatic legal right, arguments. So, it's an ethical so debate. So eject all the legal ethics, arguments. Yes. Yeah. I think that any attempt to prevent implantation would also be an attempt to prevent human life from continuing its natural <laughs> Sure, but if, so if we're saying that preventing implantation is in and of itself immoral, then implantation can't be the point at which you say it's endowed with some moral consideration. It must be the moment before that. It must be conception and not implantation. Implantation well, is just another step on the journey to becoming a fully fledged human being. Yeah, this is kind of yeah, that, this that's is consistent. Yeah. Right. That's this is the conundrum of what to do is because people want to have sex ever since women's liberation. Well, hold on, wants don't care. Not re- that's not relevant so, to the conversation. A lot of people right. also want to kill their fucking kids. I have an 11 year old. I'll be honest about that, but that, that doesn't make it a moral right. Or maybe we can say do that. that. That's okay. horrible. <clears throat> okay, you've had a two year old kid, right? <laughs> okay, but that, that so five, and somebody, I love them and I don't so, want to kill them. Somebody that wants to do something doesn't, we're, we're just we're focused on the ethics, right? So. Right. So I'm going to delete. We're not talking implantation. Right. We're talking Pure, conception, the moment ethically. of conception. Yeah. Purely ethically, um, and this is the stance of my church, is that no, you don't try to prevent humans from being born for any reason. Out, okay, so, of, uh, out of, you know, um, personal uh, convenience or anything sure. like so that. So we're going to say the moment of conception then is going to be the, the, the moment that we endow it with all of the moral consideration that we would for any normal human being right at the, at the moment yeah, i think so yeah okay yep so okay if we have that figured out why why because as you said yourself it's a human life 
I don't base it off of conscious experience because I think that that's, you get into some really subjective territory. Okay. Do you think that like a corpse should have the same protections as a fetus? Do you think a corpse is alive? I I don't, but your definition is that it's a human life. I I don't know. What is a human life to you? What does that mean? Well, okay. A human life would be if you can see cellular activity and there's so bacteria is alive, right? I'm not trying to equate human life to bacteria, but I'm saying we know that an embryo at any stage is human life. It's alive. If it wasn't alive, you wouldn't have to kill it, which is my, that's my whole problem with abortion. People want to say like, oh, well, you're not technically killing it because, but you wouldn't have to kill it. Okay. Hold on. So that argument is total nonsense. No one is saying that you're not killing anything. What's being said is you're not killing like a human life that has moral consideration. Well, you're Obviously, not saying that, but killed. a lot of people will say. Uh, you're there's not, not a lot of people in the car right now. It's just me though. Okay? Right. Okay. So, you, so saying that like, so no, well, we if it's alive, kill, you wouldn't have to kill. We don't kill human life. No. Sure. Obviously by definition, we don't kill human life or most right. sane people should say that. Right. Yes. So, okay. So then backing up, um, I, I, there's a lot, but there's so many different, it's just, okay, well, <clears throat> You say that it's a human life because you can see cellular activity. So I'll skip ahead to all the boring stuff and we'll qualify this more because I'm assuming you can see decomposition in dead bodies. That's technically cellular activity, but we'll clarify that you probably right, don't mean that type of cellular activity. Corpse. We'll yeah. say maybe a nicer phrase might be some sort of like metabolic activity or some sure. homeostasis activity right. where the body is Cell division, something like that. Uh, so, so, sure, we'll say something like that. Okay. Even if that was the case though, okay, if I could demonstrate to you, if I could show you a body where I put a body on a table and I can hook it up to blood bypass machines, dialysis machines, everything. I can leave it functioning and all that, but I scooped the brain out. The person will never wake up again. Would you say that that is a human life? No, because, well, here's the distinction. I think I can help you with this. We're talking about intervention, right? We're talking about human intervention. The Wait, reason- no, 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 no. That's I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what it is you're protecting. I don't know what life. that, that's what human, I, no, human no, life, it's not right? life. It's not yes. human life. It's something yes. more than that because a decomposing body is human life. I'm trying to it's figure not out. not though. How is a decomposing body human life? That's bacteria living off the dead tissue, but your the dead, body the is dead no tissue is literally not, it doesn't all die instantly. It's literally part of the development is you from the moment of conception to the absolute decomposition of every last cell in your body is all part of your biological journey from start to finish. No, so no, 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 no. I don't think that that's so Number one, you're relying on like some some sort of scientific definition, right? So, no, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what your definition. I'm not trying to rely right. on anything. I'm, I'm trying to. Trying to, to there's tell. some bounded but, but, but area surely, in here. But, but, yeah. but surely, if the if, surely if a human being is dead, um, if the bacteria are feeding off the dead tissue, the tissue is breaking down. It's not that's happening in your right. living body right but, now. But bacteria Stephen, feeds the difference off. Difference is, is you're saying if we could take all kinds of crazy measures to animate some kind of dead corpse. Okay, hold on, wait. I have versus, to. Wait, 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 wait. I can't let you. I can't let you poison the argument with words like that. Crazy arguments. There are okay. bodies that can be kept alive almost indefinitely that are in like long-term comas and hospitals. That's not crazy. That's not far no. out. Not only is it not crazy or far out, there have been very real medical debates about this in the United yes. States. I, I'm sure you remember Terry Schiavo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, these are huge issues that people are like, so these are not crazy things. These are very real, very grounded, yes. oh, very pragmatic yes. issues. I, I, granted, I, granted. I imagine I am. I imagine that technically if someone were brain dead, but you could hook their bodies up to various machines to keep their organ systems running, that you would qualify as human life. However, if the person, the patient, let's use that word, if the patient were brain dead without the possibility of recovery and therefore without the of, of consciousness of and all the rest of, it, of going into the world and impacting human society and 
hopefully positive ways you could argue that switching off the machine and then harvesting the organs for donation wouldn't make much of a difference um but at that point because it's on the downward trajectory at that point if the person if, if the person has reached physical maturity they've suffered a head injury they're not going to experience consciousness again etc cetera, etc cetera, um they're on the downward slope we don't we don't know I think that whether or not something is alive, we view very, fairly binarily, binarily in a binary manner. We don't say that since you're on the downward slope, now we're going to kill you. Like grandma's on right. the downward slope. We're not right. killing her, right? So I'm trying to find where the bounds are for what you consider to be a life worth protecting, because that's where I'm going to find where your definitions are. Because everything okay. that's said Got so it. far has been hazy. I understand yeah. what you're saying. That's so all and I'm I, looking for. But yeah. I think that there's a distinction between intervening to prevent a life from progressing as it normally would and intervening to end a life faster than it might normally end. I think there's a difference there. I don't think you can like say that they're exactly the same. Sure, those it's are different things, but it's not relevant to where to what what like intervening so then, to prevent so what why or do we ending keep what. Keep talking about corpses and how long we're going to preserve life <clears> versus the conversation about abortion is about people stop. The whole reason you have an abortion is to prevent that human being from further developing into. into yeah, but it's the life, same reason why right? you would wear a condom or practice abstinence is to prevent the formation of a human being. Yes, but again, but once no, it's already that, formed. That, that, yeah, Contrace- yeah, abortion isn't contraception because right. contraception takes place before conception. That's abortion great. And a fetus, the potential to become alive. conscious is not a conscious being either, right? Also, I agree with you. a cluster of cells are not human beings, actually. Sure. Well, you're a cluster of cells. Well, but but we're, we're, all, we're all conscious I'm a cluster of cells. cells. We're all clusters of cells. Right, sure, but, but, but I'm but, saying but, that there, there needs to be something a little bit more, it seems, because when I'm pushing you on the like, what is a dead person or when are they dead? Or if I scoop a person's brain out, even if I can show you all of the other organ systems are functioning fine, it seems like that brain doing something is pretty important for us to determine whether or not that thing is still alive. See, I don't think that it's in the but brain. Then, but, and I think you're making like kind of an unequivalent, unequivalent analogy by trying to say, sure. well, when you say it's not in the brain, an, when you say it's not in the brain, can you give me an example of a thing with well, the brain well, that the, like this is the life that it's to protect, it, right? Like it, 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 Destiny, if I may interject, sorry, uh, this is the, one of the dangers with the consciousness argument or, you know, the quality of mental life. If yeah, you like, to be clear, I don't think that, I've had any dangerous parts of my argument. I feel pretty consistent with mine. I'm still pushing. I'm not even at mine. I'm trying to get one from you guys, but go ahead. Well, no, the problem is, is that what do what do you mean by consciousness as well as the other problem? Um, no, when I say uh, consciousness, is, hold on, you don't have to ask and pretend I don't have an answer. I can answer every question you have for me. So when I say consciousness, it seems like we have an awareness and that awareness is an emergent property from the communication of several underlying structures in the brain. And those structures that are necessary to communicate with each other for the emergent property of our consciousness to appear seem to be in place and communicating with each other at around 20 to 24 weeks in gestation. Okay, so what if someone is experiencing uh, experiences a traumatic head injury, and their consciousness their consciousness is impaired? Would that be what? Would that be? Would that make them a lesser life? Or what, Less no, I don't work. think so. Having an impaired consciousness or a higher consciousness doesn't make you lesser. You might you're but you're still having a conscious experience worth protecting, even if it might be somewhat impaired. Right, but do you not think that if a if a baby is going to develop a consciousness, you know that that's coming, that the potential of consciousness is just as valuable as consciousness itself? No, there's no other ontological category you can give me where the potential of a thing is the same thing as the thing. That that just never, ever exists. 
I'm curious, or can you give me an example of like, if I put together like a thing here and a thing here, and then somebody comes by and they destroy it, would you ever say, I had the parts to build the building, you destroyed my building? Or would you say, no, you destroyed the parts of the building. The potential of a thing to become a thing is its own thing. It's not the same thing as the thing it's going to become. That's not true. Well, no, but... No, but well, there are two problems. The gestation of a human being is a unique scenario, anyway. But also, if it's you're talking unique. about, oh, go ahead. Well, no, but if you're talking about like that, you've got the bits of the building and you haven't built it yet, then you're not. You're talking about tissue, if you like. Whereas if you're assembling the building and you've put the foundations in and you've got the you know the major major structures in, for example, and then I come and knock it over with a wrecking ball, you could argue that I've destroyed your building, but the building was being assembled. So if no, you would say you've destroyed the foundations material. of a building. You wouldn't say you've destroyed an entire building, right? If 9-11 happened with a foundation dug out and there were you know no towers there, people wouldn't say, oh my God, they blew up two buildings. They'd say like they crashed into the foundation of a newly constructed building, right? That, that was in the progress or the process of being built. The, the thing that you're going to become is not the thing itself. These are two separate things. Mm. I, I just, I, I think, so backing up again, I'm just trying to figure out, it seems to me, I'm curious if you, if either of you answer this, if you scoop if I can take out, okay, so here's a thought challenge that I would give above you. I would argue that I can remove every single organ, at least one organ from any body, from any person. I can take all any organ out and replace it with some kind of machine. I can give you a fake heart. I can do dialysis for your kidneys. Um, I can process things through your liver. I can do all these things. But if I remove the brain, something has fundamentally changed with that person. If I take out the brain and I keep everything else working, um, it seems like something has changed there. Do you, do you agree or disagree with that? Or do you think you can remove brains from people and still have like a functioning, like working human? You can just substitute that out with some other thing. Well, no, I mean, it's, you know, you can't communicate with the body once the brain has been removed. That's certainly true. Well, um, so then let's say, let's say theoretically, if you believe that to be the case, now I'm not going to say this is happening, but let's say theoretically that a fetus had no brain until six months. Would you then agree that the fetus with no brain until six months doesn't even have a thing worth protecting yet? Or... No, but what it has is that it's going to because you know that a brain is coming, and you know that if you intervene, that human life will be sabotaged before it's truly developed. It's not the same thing as removing a brain from a well. It's a different scenario, okay. isn't it? <clears throat> okay, so let so if I push you on this category, so when you say you know something is coming, okay, so yeah. now so. Now you're not protecting a particular thing. It seems like you're making the concession that the thing in and of itself is not really worth protecting, but it's going to become something that, that will no. be worth protecting. I would say no. And you here's no the reason what? that it's not, we're not talking about something composed of parts that's going to become a thing. It's human life. And we, we do have a scientific, scientific definition for that. When you have human life, you have things like cell metabolism, you have um, reproduction of cells. That's not something you have in dead bodies. You First, you, it's just not true, okay? Your hair and your nails will grow for, I think, maybe weeks. At the very I least, do. it's days after death. But, um, but No, I, actually, I think I've... <laughs> I'll just... No, uh, that's, that's a myth. That's a myth. Yeah, the that's a myth. The tissue, the tissue shrinks. It's the it's illusion. It's not that the growth, tissue please. is growing. You don't have cellular reproduction and division going after the body's dead. That's okay, not true. Sure. M maybe you don't. Even if that was the case, if I can give you a healthy body without a brain where the cells are still metabolizing and everything, it sounds like you guys earlier said that you wouldn't agree that that's like a living body worth protecting. Well, again, you're talking about, um, there's a big, this is not analogous, right? To say, okay, there's a human life. It is taking its natural process. It is no, already no, why, a human why, life. And now we're going to talk about 
there's a body and we're going to do all kinds of scientific Frankenstein stuff to like mm-hmm. to keep it alive okay. without brains or alive without organs. These are not analogous. No, okay, okay. Hold we're on. talking we're, about nothing, intervention. Nothing, nothing here is analogous. We're not talking about intervention. We haven't, we can't even have that conversation yet because I still don't know what you value in a human life. The reason why I'm asking okay. these hypotheticals is I'm trying to figure out because how eager you are to, however eager you are to attack my definition of conscious, you've given me nothing yet. Your, your I can position. Give you something right now. Okay, wait, but okay, but just be careful because you keep saying things like human life, cell division, but, but anytime I've tested well, any of the examples you've given with a hypothetical, you're, you're, you're asking saying, scientific questions with your hypothetical. And I no, will no, no, tell no, you, wait, I'm not, none of these questions are science. None of, human no, life is intrinsically valuable in and of itself. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to already meet certain criteria that you're arbitrarily putting in there. It is human life. And the purpose of abortion is to come in and prevent human life. It's to come in and kill the human okay, life. But preventing human life isn't all wrong. This is what I'm trying to get a simple, narrow definition. Because you would say condoms it's aren't, no, it's condoms aren't wrong. Alive. And that's, okay. It's something that's already so alive. Already, and sperm are, but sperm are, sperm are already alive. So there's something else sperm that's happening tissue. here. No, sperm is not, tissue. Yeah. The ovaries, the tissues are tissues. tissue is alive. Your body, the tissue in your body is alive. What do you mean? It's not a human being. It, you have to have both. Yeah, sets but of neither DNA is a fetus. A fetus is not a human being. It is That's a human being. Well, then what? Well, then what is human being? No, I was going. Uh, Stephen beat me to it. Define human being. That, that well, that's what I'm trying question. to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what Define is like that. When we say human being, like when does the life become that thing? That human being that's worth protecting. At conception. At conception. Okay. Because it now has both sets of DNA from the sperm and the egg. If you intercede to kill it, it would continue to develop, sure. and it's under, already okay. human. Wait, it's wait, 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 okay. So we ha- wait, you kill wait, a tadpole, okay. you're still but, killing. But would you say it. when you kill a tadpole, you kill a frog? Yes. <laughs> I'm saying you're killing a life. I'm no, no, we're not talking. We, no one here is arguing whether you're killing a life. It's or a, a living human, thing. whether it's an no, embryonic stage, a fetal stage, or a fully developed stage. So, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, and then Trey, you can go. So, in my opinion, when arguments come to the point where you circle the drain this hard, and then there is like a hard pivot on every single question, I think, I think that, I think that the conversation has run its course. So, I'm good on where I'm at for establishing my points. I think I set up consciousness as a pretty valid thing. I think I argue that convincingly, this is why you're dead at the end of your life. It's when your conscious ceases to exist. I've tried for like 30 minutes to figure out like, what is your thing for life that you would yeah, protect? And, you and I've gotten like 50. Like it. you just, it's you not just that I don't, don't like it. It's that every time I try to push on what about this or what about that? I get these answers like, well, that's a wild because hypothetical. Because they're not that's, analogous. So, because no, no, you're coming I know up they're not analogous. Right. So then it, it, it doesn't it have can to be, be one... dismissed. It can be dismissed without logical penalty. Human okay. life is human life, regardless of the stage right. of development. Is I that clear run enough? Run downstairs real quick. No, it would not, nothing was clear in your in your definition. It was human nothing was. life is human I'll life, right. regardless of the stage of development that it's in. It doesn't matter if you're an embryo or if you're 90 years old. You are a human life, and that is worth protecting. I think that's super clear. Define human body. Well, this is the problem. This is the problem, because what um, I think the frustration is is that because different. Second, Q and A coming in soon. Okay. Okay. Let, um, let them the ask trouble my is, is that because I'm, I'll, do, I'll drop everything to it. Yeah. yeah to see, the, pro- the, the problem is tree is that because uh, the, the, one of the reasons I love coming on to debates like this, and James has invited me a few times, is because I always approach these debates uh, assuming that I'm wrong. Because there must be, if I was right, everyone would agree with me. So I want to hear from differing points of view. The trouble is, is that I think, particularly with abortion. It's one where everyone thinks that they're right, and that, and I think I, I'm kind of like that way too. 
The problem is, is that you're, you're asking, how do you define human life? That no, has no, troubled philosophers. For, I've got a definition right here for human body. Okay, the human body is the physical substance of the human organism composed of living cells and extracellular materials organized into tissues, organs, and systems, which is exactly what I just said it was. You, uh, you know, I got to fact check you because you're known to lie. You said that's the definition <laughs> of a human body. Yeah, so go ahead and Google it. Human I don't lie. It's just that body. you don't understand logic. It's not. Okay. The, uh, the, thing, the thing is, is that these these definitions yeah, see, I, have I troubled you people. You, you lie by omission. Okay, the human body, the physical substance of a human organism composed of living cells and extracellular That's materials. And or, let me finish. Shut up. And organize into tissues, organs and systems in a human body. So you left out the organs. I, and so I said you, all no, of that. No, 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 Back it up. Back it up and watch it again. I did. I did. She did say organs. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. How, what organs does a fertilized cell have? Well, it says composed of living cells and extracellular materials and organized into those things. So. And organized tissues. And it says comma comma organs and systems and systems yes even embryos have systems that's how they sustain their life do is it alive or is it not no no no. i just asked the question does a fertilized egg based upon this definition have an organ it has systems tissues and cellular materials yeah it definitely it definitely has tissues but it doesn't have organs notice how you answer the question and she just skates by it she does that every time i ask does this fertilized egg have an organ she got a high thank you System. And then you just asked the question, yes, it has uh, organized tissues, but it doesn't have an organ. That's all I wanted to know. That's And thank you for answering my question. Well, but here's, the, but here's, the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the question that I would put to anybody who's prepared to, to answer it. Um, if, an, if a fetus or an embryo is not a human being, what is it? A uh, human fetus. I mean... Well, okay, but it's still, but it's still human. Yes, it's still human. I mean, life. a tadpole is not a, a frog, right? A sperm, like it's like it's like one stage. Like a corpse is a human corpse. Um, a body could be a human body. A fetus can be a human fetus. Like like we can talk about like the 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 biological body that exists, but it seems like the thing that we value, that we treasure, that we're trying to protect, is the conscious experience. It seems to be the thing that we're aimed at. I don't agree. Hmm. Okay, that's finally the agree. I know you don't agree, but you guys never gave me a good uh, con. But like you other... haven't given a good reason why that needs to be the thing. What if I believe that all human life is valuable? If, that there's a soul in the body at conception, in in the embryo at conception, there is a soul, and that you don't have any better um, push. Then I would ask you. I, well, I would ask you. I, I absolutely would. I would ask you. Where is the soul? It's not something you can like. Well, it's not something you can physically locate, right? And if it's not something that I can measure, I I have no, there's no way. Consciousness can't be measured either. It It absolutely can be in some ways. Yes. In some ways. See, you had to qualify that because we don't, this is something that's hotly debated. It's no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is, this is your, your, your whole argument is Loki's wager that if I can't pinpoint 100% exactly what consciousness is, you're telling me that it is the same validity as your concept of a soul, which has no physical manifestation whatsoever. Right. I'm saying if you're I'm, going on, to choose I'm consciousness, you, that if you have going no to, if way you, to be back against my concept of a new or a soul. If you are going to employ debate terms
terms and rational and logic and all that during this conversation, you have to understand the absurdity of saying that since I cannot give you a concrete 100% like analysis of where this particular thing is, that the con- that very concept becomes equal to every other absurd thing that I can possibly think of. That I is ridiculous. I understand that you don't like it, but what I'm no, saying is that we're on. on equal I'm ground. I'm not saying that I don't like it. I'm ground. telling you that I'm we're not on. I'm saying that consciousness versus the soul, we are okay. on equal ground. You can't unequivocally prove in some sort of you like to you want okay. to prove if it I make if I make a sense, statement right? if I make a statement if I make a not. statement that there is a pink demon floating behind you that spins around every time you turn around to look at it and right. then you tell me I think that there is like oxygen floating behind you we right. not, not of us can prove that are right. we on equal ground when we make those statements yes we are Okay. I rest my case that's it okay I rest my case we're absolutely not but if you think we are then I understand more of your argument okay this may be your time for Q&A. If you happen to have questions, folks, we have got to move fast because we have a huge list already. We're going to move fast. In the meantime, I want to remind you, our guests are linked in the description such that if you want to learn more about their views, you certainly can by clicking on their links below. Al Dan, thanks very much, says murder is a legal term. Laws reflect interests of the state. How does abortion hurt the state? It's murder only if those who live fear for their life. Well, abortion, um, sorry, murder just means unlawful killing. So technically, if anything is permitted by the law, it's no longer murder. Um, Abortion doesn't threaten the state, and I don't think any one of us made that argument. Uh, What I think it does is it threatens, there's a kind of cultural... What's what I'm looking for? And kind of the social value that we place on other human beings. That would be the only argument. But it does, abortion doesn't threaten the state at all. In fact, the state would like uh, certain women, particularly if they're poor, to kill their unborn sponges to reduce the burden on the welfare state. So you could argue that abortion is something that the government would be rooting for. I just don't think that it should. You got this one coming in from Didymus says, owing a baby resources is not the same as owning it your literal body. By Rachel's logic, stealing is the same as rape. What? What? Stealing? Okay. I'm I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. I'm not sure. This is, again, um, people not understanding that if you're going to make the argument that, hey, this thing depends on me for survival, therefore I have the right to kill it, that you can logically extrapolate that to say that children who are one-year-old, two-year-old, six-month-old, depend on me for survival, how dare they? They have no right, therefore I can kill it. And there are people who do make this argument. It's I think the problem is that extension. there's a fundamental difference between saying somebody that's somebody that's wired to and growing inside of your body is going to be fundamentally different than an external being that exists whose responsibility for life can be shared upon a bunch of people that are volunteering well, that or be, being but, paid to do the work. But then no, no, wait, wait. When you say that might be, what I'm saying is I am totally breaking the analogy. It For you who, to say that everything I was saying earlier was disanalogous, your comparison is disanalogous. To say, hey, would you want to take care of my three-year-old son? And you're like, oh yeah, sure. And they knock so, you out and you wait up and all of a sudden you're hooked up to a dialysis machine where your kidneys are and they're like oh well you said you take care of it. it's the same thing so no it is totally not the same thing it's a responsibility argument no it's not a responsibility argument there is fundamentally a difference between somebody being hooked into and relying on your body versus somebody that could be taken care of by multiple parties right. that and are being compensated you guys, for everybody so. here understands that it's super super easy it's not like invasion of the body snatchers this is an alien where a, a baby just jumps in your body and takes it over and it's like some kind of parasite succubus, right? We all understand how babies are made. We all understand how to avoid that. 
So, sure. so now when you say that, what you've basically admitted is you've conceded every part of your earlier no. You said, okay, it is fundamentally different, no, I but still think don't you, don't you in analogous. some ways, don't you in he some ways, do don't you thing, in some so. ways consent, <laughs> don't you consent to that baby kind of taking over your body for all, which by the way, that's not even, over your that's not, hold on. That's not a bad argument, right? There, there, right. there are arguments to be made, but by making that argument, you've conceded there's fundamentally, there is a difference between something growing inside of you versus a bunch of people being able to share the responsibility of taking care of an external created being. That's but those you, are fundamentally but different But you things. also can't say that there is no analogy, that, that it's not a logical extension. I'm not saying the two things are completely analogous. It is a logical extension. I am fal- saying it's it is, a it is, logical is, extension to say that if this life depends on me for survival, I have the right to kill it, that well then people will and do make the argument that, okay, what about a two week old baby? So it depends problem, on me to live. The, the problem right? is you've created a slippery slope to use the term that you've created well, a slippery might be, slope. might be, but it's still valid. No, you've created, valid. no, you've you don't created, like it, but it's so still valid. I'm, I can explain why it's not valid. So you've engaged in a slippery slope fallacy because you're saying that you've created one circumstance and you're saying that it will lead to the second. The first being. No, that's not what I'm saying. You, I'm saying. On, that that I'm literally, logic, I didn't even say what you're saying. Stop, stop, stop. You're saying that if you say something that depends on me for survival can be killed, then a one or two or three-year-old child can be killed because they depend on people for survival. The only reason why this slippery slope works for you, though, is because you are uncharitably interpreting the first statement as depends on me for survival. But that's not really what a fetus does. The fetus grows inside of you while plugged into your body, depending on you for survival. It's not something that requires you to just feed it to give it food or to change its diaper. It's something that is hooked up to your body, fundamentally altering your entire existence and growing inside of you. Now, once so you, once you, wait, you wait, 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 once you've amended the prior statement to say that, that I don't think you should be compelled to grow something that's relying on your body, you can't jump from there and say, oh, well, then wouldn't you just say you kill all children? Well, no, of course not. Children aren't hooked into your body relying on it for growth. There are external parties that can be involved taking care of that child. That's why your argument is disanalogous and why it's a slippery slope fallacy. It it might not be completely analogous, but what I'm saying is that you can't say, look, this thing is like, a, ba- a baby growing inside of you is not any different than have you ever had? I mean, you've got an 11 year old. I've got a bunch of kids. When that baby comes out, it still completely depends on you for survival or it will die. No, it so doesn't. I'm, Rachel, yes, it does. how it many will. times, how Unless many, no, else you're, wants you're, you are, and that's a whole it is case. a fact of the matter that you are dead wrong. How many times in the nine month period that you were pregnant with any child, did your husband carry that baby for you? You're assuming that no, someone else will. No, I need you to answer the question. Nope, I need you to answer the question. To. It's not because no, you're I'm because you're wrong. To, and that my next question. So you won't answer that. The, the answer I'll no, tell you guys in chat. That there would be a third party I'm assuming that, that he never took the baby the out of your tummy and carried it for you. The, okay. We're talking so, about the logical extension yes. of so, the argument that she made. The we're answer to number one, so, sure. so the real quick, the answer the to number thing. one is zero times. Then if I were to ask you next, how many times did your husband feed your kid after it was born? The answer is probably more than zero. That's the difference, Rachel. No, the, what I'm saying is that although these things are not, these situations are not analogous, that does not mean that the extension of the logic of the argument is not valid. Those are separate things. If you're going to say something depending on me, oh, well, because it's in my body, okay, whether the location doesn't have anything to do with the fact that that life depends on some outside thing to survive. 
You're assuming a third party or somebody else will come in. None of that matters. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying the extension of the logic of the argument is still valid. And we you can repeat there. the same words all you want. It's true. The extent, but it's not because it if I were to ask you, you how many times, like it. again, you no. just don't like it. How many times? Like things, you how many say, times did your? How many times did your husband feed your five-month-old fetus? That is not the argument I'm Never. making. I'm saying Ever. the logic of her argument is, and I'm showing you why your logic is breaking down because it's there's a fundamental difference down. between taking care of a like an externally born child versus a thing growing in your body. No, there is no. no so th- do you think that you just feed it like every five, every couple hours and it's fine? No, it requires 24/7 around-the-clock care. It's just outside the body rather than inside the body. That's yeah, the only difference. Yeah, but it doesn't require your 24/7 care. It doesn't matter who is the caretaker. It kind of does because no, if women because could then take that wait, caretaker wait, can kill the child by logical Rachel, extension. Rachel, if it didn't matter the who would do it, then a one-month-old pregnant woman would say, that, "Man, I'm just going to give my one-month-old fetus to somebody else and let them fucking grow it." It kind of does matter because that's what no. pregnancy is all about. Well, yes. and people do that, right? People have no. They generally don't. It's yes. usually pretty complicated or hard to no, take no, a fetus okay, out of the body. Wait, actually, by that fetus. logic, then why not just birth the baby and let someone else take care of it? Then, if you don't want that. Why not just follow the pregnancy to term? What I'm saying okay, is that I will if admit you're going that I'm a make- guy and I don't know fuck all about any of that shit because who knows? Okay, I did watch my um, baby's mom do that though. It seems to be a pretty involved process for going all the way to the delivering the baby more well, so than an abortion. Am I right or wrong on that? The gate- women are the gatekeepers of reproduction. That's a fact <clears throat> of life. There's nothing that can be done. That's about not what that. we're talking about. You said why not just take it to term you, because right, that's a so bit more complicated back, and arduous. Let's take it back to how you said that my logic is not correct. I'm saying again. That it doesn't matter if it's inside the body or outside the body. The location does not defeat the argument. I'm saying that if you if you're going to make the argument that this life depends on anyone, Let's someone, many people, one person. Yeah, nobody made that survive, argument though, which is good. Because if we did, that would be a really good counter argument. But nobody's saying that. No, you're saying that the location is the thing that makes it different forever. and it doesn't. This one coming yeah, in from appreciate it. First name, last name says Destiny. I would like you to look into Biafra. What is that? And support my nation. Okay. We could use anybody's support. Please look into Nazdamati Canoe in our plight. Thank you for that. As well as Hypno Lama says, wow, Tree's logic is so broken. Destiny, don't pander. You know her logic was flawed. If anyone is dishonest, it's that. About what he didn't say what which line. yeah I was going to say yeah. okay he's made, made the accusation but but he needs yeah. to explain what trees got wrong I mean it's it's probably yeah, some conservative really who's mad that I basically just called them out that they want to sit up here and have uh, black babies and when they want to sit up here and cry about their thirteen fifty thirteen fifty thirteen fifty no fathers in the home yet still they want to sit up here oh, and promote yes. the very I, same I, thing it, that's going to cause that to yes, increase thirteen fifty I've heard about this one yeah no I was only when I started doing internet things that I, I learned what thirteen fifty was it's it's quite hilariously stupid but yeah never mind um, yeah. yeah sorry this one coming in from do appreciate your question. Endo says, Rachel, biologists aren't concerned with moral epistemology. Quote, unquote, human is specifically a biological definition. Why is having specific DNA sequence inherently valuable? Substantiate it. By the way, pigs have 98% of our DNA. So this was an ethical debate. And if you want to use scientific terms like Stephen does to try to establish uh, meaning, then we would have to get into a metaphysical argument about whether God exists, what the meaning of life is, 
what is meaning? Uh, how do you know what's good? How do you know what's bad? What are morals? Like things like that. We didn't want to get off into crazy, like metaphysical stuff for the purpose of this panel. So I, my argument was never that there's like some kind of DNA or some kind of uh, scientific medical definition of life that matters. My position was that human life is human life, regardless of the stage of development, whether it's in its earliest embryonic stages or whether it's a 90 year old person who's on their deathbed, it's still a human life. That's how I define the value of human life. You got it. Thank you very much for this question coming in from Real Men Love Blueberry Waffle says, Rachel, are you being honest by your reasoning? Do you defend the infanticide ordered by God on the Midianites, Amalekites, and Canaanites as justified? Um, I can't speak to that because I am an Orthodox Christian and we are in the West. And in the West, the predominant interpretations of the Bible are Roman Catholic and Protestant, which I disagree with and I don't think are correct. And I don't have the time to do an entire like Bible hermeneutics for somebody to um, put those things in context. So that's why I stay away from those kind of things in these debates. And we just do it ethically, not on the basis of my uh, my Christian God. This one coming in from Sal Willis says, because of Ohio's six-week ban, a 10-year-old rape victim has already had to cross state lines to get abortion care. Mm, what happens... Wow. If you have a nationwide six-week ban, Good and question. how often is rape provable? I think that's for you, Kenan, or Rachel. Well, this is the big problem. One of the reasons we have uh, such low conviction, I mean, I'm sure it's true in the United States. It's definitely going to be true in the UK. One of the reasons we have such a low conviction rate for rape is because rape is one of those crimes that's almost impossible to prove. Um, there are no witnesses. There's very little physical evidence sometimes, especially if uh, the victim has a shower afterwards or, you know, whatever, you know, it could be destroyed. So the proving rape, regardless of abortion, is always going to be a nightmare. Um, in terms of pregnancy through rape that might, lead to an abortion uh those pregnancies are actually astonishing rare astonishingly rare most abortions are performed on healthy women who are who conceived by accident rather than by force and who just don't want the the, the trouble the inconvenience the the ordeal of bringing a baby to term so while obviously if we're talking about a young girl who's been raped, I mean, that's, 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 that's just horrendous. There's no way you can massage that. There's no way you can ground it. What we're in danger of doing, I think, is focusing on these extraordinarily unlikely scenarios, plausible but unlikely scenarios, uh, distracting ourselves from the main point, which is abortion is still killing a human being, and is that perfectly justified? Um, so with that one, as I say, I'm, I'm rather soft on the topic of rape. But trying to prove it, as the the question, as the interrogator has put it, it, it is hard. I'm not sure if I've got an easy solution for that one, if I'm being brutally honest. You got it? Um, yeah, so, sorry for that non-answer there, James. I do apologize, but there you go. Um, no worries. <clears throat> Sal Willis says, I am a mother of one married and have an intrauterine device because I don't want more children. If life begins at conception, am I a serial killer? No, this is another time where um, when we're talking about logical argumentation versus people's emotions surrounding this topic, abortion is an extremely emotional topic. There might be things that are logically consistent and ethically consistent that are going to make people upset. 
this would be one of them. So that's why, you know, I, I don't advocate for things like IUDs or um, other forms of birth control. People will disagree. They will get upset. They will get emotional. I'm saying it's still logically consistent that no, you don't want to try to prevent human life. Um, you avoid sex then at that point. You got this one coming in from. Wait, real quick. So the answer to that question was yes, lady. You are a serial killer. In, uh, <laughs> no, Rachel's eyes. I wouldn't call her a serial killer. She absolutely but I is. No, she's I'm taking active steps to prevent life, and she is preventing a conceived egg from implanting, from implantation. She is a serial killer, or at least her husband is, because he's someone pumping the, the babies in. The the only thing is, well, I, the the distinction I would draw, maybe this is where people want to correct me on this, is that if the egg is fertilized, it still hasn't started dividing necessarily, and it's therefore not. It's not, not complicated enough to be considered. Okay, so then, wait, hold on. So then in that case, it's not the moment of conception. It's the moment of first mitosis or what, like? Yeah, as I say, we, 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 it's getting, we're splitting. Well, we are, I suppose we are splitting hairs, aren't we? Um, yeah, well, that's it's a tough one. It's a, yeah. you it's have a tough to. one. At a certain point, you have to. It, you no, you don't. To. Well, if you're the reasons why you have to is because when you provide an inconsistent definition, that's when the 50 million asterisks will ex- no, appear I, afterwards because I mean, you have I, to keep saying, I like, well, that kind of is, that kind of is, that kind of I provided a consistent definition. It's just then that call her a serial killer. And Tell her she's a serial killer. That's not technically true. It's not but that she you're is. A she's, killer. This bitch has killed fucking 20 kids by this point, probably, right? If her husband's coming her 20 times, there's been 20 <laughs> conceived eggs. She's a serial killer. Or how many do you well, people do you I need mean, to kill to be a serial killer? You know, you have some super vague definition of consciousness that you can't even pinpoint. So it's like, are you yeah, conscious right now? Here. Does it feel very vague? I guess it feels kind of vague for my we end. Don't know. I think you're pretty conscious. Know, right? Do, we don't know. We, have we, don't, to we just, we truly we don't act know. As though we are. We truly we don't know. I truly can't figure out if any other person in this conversation is conscious or not. It's so mysterious. Well, this, this is what I mean when I say backing up and thinking a macro look at arguments. It's not. No, this is not a legitimate debate. The legitimate debate is going to be like, what are the the precise area no no yes, no it is. it's not there Go might be debates about the precise there might be debates about the, the, the precise mechanisms that give rise to consciousness but nobody's debating if we are or aren't conscious okay You're that not, is squarely right? in the realm of, of of esoteric philosophy that will write papers yeah, back and again, forth until you don't die. like it you don't it's like not it. that i don't like it i don't like that you won't call that the woman a serial stupid. killer when she has okay. met all of your definitions for murdering fucking fetuses over and over again i don't know why you won't call her a serial killer this one from OG, Snoop says, Destiny, are people with Down syndrome conscious? <clears throat> yeah, they seem to have the necessary structures in the brain to have conscious experiences. So, yeah, of course. Made by Jim Bob says, Destiny, a human is and becoming at every moment from conception to death. Stephen was once a fetus, same human being, different stage. And a building yes, was exactly. once, you know, a bunch of discrete materials. It doesn't make the discrete materials a building. You're talking about composition, and that's different. I'm not talking about composition. I'm talking about emergence and ontology. When something becomes something as the emergence of other things coming together, it does not mean that it is the things that so was preceding you, it. So right. if I lay out 100 boards on a, on a deck... I don't say, oh, those boards are a boat because I'm about to hammer them all together and make a boat. They are fundamentally something different. The, the DNA boat, is already combined, though. So it, the, does, the I, it doesn't matter. DNA in and of itself. If I cut my finger off, my finger has all the DNA of my body. The, when we talk about this is this is actually a topic of metaphysics is substance. There's a difference between like the substance of a thing and the relationship of things to make another thing. An emergent sure. thing that appears is fundamentally different than the discrete parts that make that thing up. If I cut off an arm and I hand it to you or if I cut off all the pieces of a body and give it to you, I can't say, oh, look, it's a human. It's not a human because it's not put together like a human. The human itself is fundamentally different than the sum of its parts and the things that exists discreetly beneath it yeah there's an endo says rachel 
Biologists aren't concerned with moral epistemology. Quote, unquote, human is specifically a biological definition. Why? No, we read that one. Sorry. Bowl of Spaghetti says condescension doesn't cover up pure idiocy. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, don't who I don't know who that was insulting. Who said four? Coffee bomb, thanks so much. Says don't conflate abortion with infanticide. Thanks. Didn't anybody? Okay. Well, he doesn't explain Darwin why, says, but. Just the obligatory quote, what about the test of the unfaithful wife in the book of Numbers? Unquote. Question for pro lifers, biblical abortion. I don't I don't use the Bible as a source for this particular argument because, you know, that would be hypocritical. I'm not a Christian. So I don't know what that story. What, so I've read the Bible. I can't remember that story, so I can't deconstruct it in any meaningful way. Yeah, and I would give the same answer I gave earlier, which is that I don't believe you can properly interpret the Bible without the Orthodox Church. So I, that's why I don't argue these things. This one coming in from Bowl of Spaghetti says, prove that there is a soul. What is the evidence for a soul? Well, you can't prove the existence of a soul any more than you can prove the existence of consciousness. It certainly seems that way, right? We all operate as if there's consciousness. We all operate and act as if there's a soul. But what do you mean by prove it? Like, do you want material proof or, you know what I mean? That's when you get into, can you materially prove these things or are we having a metaphysical debate? What gives rise to a soul? God. Okay. If I show you a desk, does a desk have a soul? No. If I show you a human foot, does that have a soul? The foot in and of itself? If no. I just cut a foot off and I give it to you, does this have the soul of a person? No. So where, so, okay, so you can tell me where it's not. Can you draw some kind of boundary around where it is? Okay, I will try to, but again, we're getting into a theological debate here. In orthodoxy, we have something called an essence energies distinction. We don't think that human beings are just substance and we don't think they're just energy. We think they're a combination of both. And we would believe that when you are conceived, you have something called a noose, which is similar to the Western concept of a soul, which combines your mental faculties with your emotional faculties and your spiritual faculties. Where are so, the faculties found? There's not a physical location necessarily, um, but when people talk about the heart, that's usually what they mean. Then again, you get into a medical. So if somebody debate, has like, um, it's if, a physical location. Not everything. So like consciousness somebody, doesn't have like, a physical location either. Is well, yes, it does. It arises no, from a physical location. Yes. A lot of scientists don't believe that the brain is where um, consciousness necessarily resides. Again, if you, you can take the rest of this conversation, I challenge that. you to find me a single published scientist that thinks that consciousness arises from something that's not the brain. I will send you some discourse between um, scientific philosophers. No, this I don't want somebody yes. that does the philosophy of science. That's well, a fundamentally different topic. Philosophy of science is extremely important. You can't do science without it. You so. unfortunately. You absolutely can. No. So philosophy of science no. is a markedly yes. You philosophy of science is a markedly different thing than the practice or exercise of science. Well, then you're a materialist. Then you're talking about only materialism. So then it's a whole other debate. Spaghetti yeah. says two questions for Rachel. Rachel, you were getting so much attention. It's not even funny. They said, should you be forced to donate organs to someone that is dying? No. And two, do you understand that women can't choose to be pregnant? 
I totally disagree yeah, they with can. that. Yeah, they can of totally they can. choose. Oh, no, 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 not it's in my case. No, in all scenarios, maybe. In my case, I, I, we used the condom. It broke. Now, let's say for well, what about for rape? You just don't have yeah. sex, and then you'll never get pregnant. Wait, that, that, that was not. If the you question. just don't have sex, you can choose to never get. No, nuns never get pregnant, right? Because they go to the monastery and they never have sex, and they it, don't the, ever have to worry the, about what, it. The oh way God. the question was, the, the phrasing That's of the true. question was poor. The, way, the phrasing of the question was poor. Um, it is, of course, possible for a woman to choose to get pregnant if she, you know, because that's how people plan families, right? You can choose yeah. to pregnant if you in, engage in certain activities. It is also true to say that sometimes a woman falls pregnant by accident. So she didn't choose to be or pregnant. Or without her choice. Scenario. A woman can be pregnant without her choice. Yeah, but you can yeah. also, there is a foolproof way to not get pregnant if you don't want to get pregnant. And that is a fact. And this is this is why Christianity Christianity is losing to sit up here and tell people I'm not they can't making have a Christian sex. argument. That's a secular argument. I'm not oh making a God. Christian no, argument. No, you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. This is so stupid. Is no, it's logically correct and it's true and <sighs> to, it's a to be fact. fair. To be fair, is that not to be correct? fair, true. If you don't to be have fair, sex, to are be you fair, gonna get pregnant free? To be fair, Tree, yeah, abstinence. Uh, to be fair, abstinence, however unlikely it is, is a really good way of not getting pregnant. Right. You might not um, like it. You might be emotional about it, but it's Are true. you guys saying realistically that if you're teaching abstinence, which is what they're doing in the Christian Christian church, and people still getting pregnant up in the church? No, 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 no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. That's a separate argument. Tree, Tree, Tree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not true. I'm not I, saying okay, that people Kim, are I'll actually. Answer question. Yes, it's true. If if a woman does not have sex, she not she can't get pregnant. Exactly. I, I will yield. Yeah, I'm no, no, but what I'm saying to you, is, I'm talking however, to him. I will yield to that. What I'm saying is, is that the question is, I, I will say that a woman, like you said earlier, a woman can have sex and choose not to get pregnant. She can use a condom. She can also be on birth control. These things are not 100 percent uh um effective uh, but if she makes if she makes the comfort uh, conscious effort to prevent pregnancy and she gets pregnant i believe it's just it's evil to make her have a baby if she doesn't want to especially if she's in if she's in poverty and especially if she's 10 years old as as in that story uh you shared earlier yeah well the, the, these yeah, that's good. This is what I get from. <clears throat> Creepfighter says, is the soul as detectable as... Okay, that's weird. RetX101 says, destiny slash tree. If lines are arbitrary and meaningful conscious experience is hard to define, would it be reasonable to say a person with anencephaly has a reduced conscious experience and perhaps meaningless? Wouldn't it make more sense to put the line at the point when the equipment develops? That's where I put the line at, but the equipment develops for around 20 to 24 weeks. Gotcha on Rage Process. Congratulations on discovering fetal transplant. Cool. Gnostic informant says, Rachel, what happens to souls of aborted babies? Do they go to hell if they go straight to heaven for being sinless? Then why risk hell from world sin? Again, this is a conversation that I cannot give you my entire theology. It would take a long time to give you my entire theology. All the different Christian churches disagree on this. My church's position is that we don't 100% know. We uh, rely on God to make that decision. We assume and we think it's highly likely that 
because they have not been able to commit a sin that, of course, aborted babies would go to heaven. That is generally the position of the church. But there's a lot of things that my church doesn't say we know unequivocally for sure because we don't know the mind of God. Again, it's a separate argument. I did not make a single Christian argument in this entire debate, yet all the questions are, well, if God real, why bad thing happened? Explain, Christian woman. So does Margaret... it, it, that's how it goes, though. That's just how that goes. Bull of Spaghetti says, does Rachel agree with Noah's flood? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of uh, going into Christian type arguments or against it yeah. but we'll go into roger bernacki says kenan and rachel is there no difference for you between an abortion one week after conception and an abortion one week before delivery such as maybe eight months eight and a half months into it if there is then well why? Uh, well the the difference is purely the 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 matter i suppose that's been removed from the uterus but the result is the same an entire human timeline has been stopped Right. So, yeah, okay. An abortion, not one week in, you're dealing with, I don't know how many cells. I dare say someone with a calculator could work it out. If you're doing, you're talking about abortion one week before before birth, well, I mean, that's you're just killing a full-grown baby at that point. But the product is the same. No more human life to worry about. Yeah, it's so, just a matter of yeah. degree. It's just a matter of degree yeah. at that point. It's third-degree murder versus first-degree murder, something along those lines. I'm not trying to make a perfect yeah. analogy but it's a matter of degree gotcha endo says rachel it's not quote this thing depends on me so i can kill it instead it's quote this thing uses my body and i have a right to get my body back should people have that right to get their body back from it being used well the fetus has a body as well the baby has a body. The baby is a body. And if we're going to make a, we never really got into a personal autonomy argument on this panel, but it's one of the easiest to defeat because then you can just pose the question, at what point does someone have bodily autonomy? Is it at two weeks gestation? Is it at six months gestation? Is it after birth? Is it at two years old? Uh, there's a body in your body. You have bodily autonomy perhaps, but why would then that body within your body not also have bodily autonomy? You got it. This one coming in from do appreciate your question. Farron Salas says question for Rachel. Since you are relying on a metaphysical faith based argument to bolster your position like the soul, do you not see that as a defeater to your own position? No, because all of the arguments I was trying to make were secular arguments and destiny, destiny and I have a bit of a history where we tend to push each other into this metaphysical area where we are trying to, just deconstruct each other's philosophy. My arguments against abortion and my opening statement, and if I do get to make a closing statement, are secular arguments, which is that it, it has nothing to do with metaphysics or God or the Bible or my religion. They're secular arguments that are the same as Kendon's. This one from Rat yeah. X101. Go ahead, Kendon. No, no, no. I was just—I uh, was just going to reiterate what I said earlier in the conversation, which is: if you are a Christian and you make a Christian argument, my uh, the automatic counter argument is: I'm not a Christian. Stick yeah. it up your crack. You know, yeah. it—it—that's it, why you can't argue these things with a religious perspective. Among religionists that have a shared faith system, that's fine. But if you're a Muslim and you want to make an Islamic case uh, for, um, against abortion, the instant response is: I'm not a Muslim. Go away. And that. So again, you, there's no point in making religious arguments like that. Anyway, I don't, I don't know what that adds to the conversation, but you know, carry on. Red X one <clears throat> says, "Tree, if personhood is granted at conception, then why? Uh, then would you also consider making an omelet 
animal cruelty. No, because omelettes are made of unfertilized eggs for a start. I'm also vegan, you, so. Well, I mean, I'm practically a vegetarian at this point, but no, the you 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 <laughs> don't make omelettes with fertilized chicken eggs. You make omelettes with eggs. The egg is technically the chicken's period. That nothing's happened there. It's just innate. It's just tissue in a shell. So no, that's you. I you gotta yeah, have me and Tree back to debate how she can be vegan and be pro-abortion because that's a doozy. We'll have to do that one. Juicy Tree. Her uh, chance one-on-one says Tree and Destiny win. In my opinion, you got a fan out there. Rocky Shepherd says is aborting biological life being formed in the womb the same as killing a born baby? No, because I would say born babies have all the structures in place necessary to be having some sort of conscious experience. And then once that experience is happening, you probably protect that experience. Like I've said before, I think that's about 20 to 24 weeks in gestation. Rocky Shepherd says, yeah, I don't know. Kendon, I know that you're a non-religious pro-life person, so I don't know if these, are, these aren't mm-hmm. super like useful to your pro-life position. Uh, Rocky Shepherd says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I'm not sure what they're getting at there, Rachel, but I think this is for you. Yeah, beautiful phrasing. But as I say, uh, try to avoid religious arguments. Yeah, and if, if I, I, was, I, I try to avoid religious arguments. If I was having this panel with people who wanted to do metaphys- purely a metaphysical argumentation, I would take the transcendental argument for God. They might take a, a different position and then we would battle it out on that. But that's not the nature of this panel. I'm arguing with three secularists. I'm not going to sit here and prattle on about the transcendental argument for God and all that philosophy that goes into that. Because uh, you guys are all just going to go, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> right. So there's seven. Well, no, I'd, be, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to hear those arguments. I just don't believe that they're, you know, I just don't have any faith in them. So, you know, feel free to educate me on Orthodox Christian views of when it comes to abortion. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to persuade people outside the church and you know that you, you accept that. So yeah. This is coming on from JFMD says MD here. I think they mean medical doctor. Rachel would help herself by studying neurobiology. They say all scientists believe consciousness is neurophysiological. How do pro-lifers justify that one body has a right to another for survival? Well, that's the thing is that gets into the bodily autonomy argument. We're saying both are bodies, right? The fetus has a body. The mother has a body. When you, when you try to argue that with pro-choice people, they will say, well, yeah, but the mother has lived longer and they'll try to like qualify that the mother's life matters more because she's had more experience or like, other vague argumentation like that. And it's like, if we're going to argue bodily autonomy, the fetus has a body, the baby has a body. Wait, that's not, that, body. Those, aren't, those aren't even the bodily autonomy arguments. That's the worst bodily autonomy I've ever heard. The difference would be is that the mother has a body and the baby has a body, but the baby's body is aggressing on the mother's body. That's the, that's the difference. How would it the, be? A, see, but then we're going to get into a whole the, debate, uh, which I don't want to do in the Q&A. We don't have to, but, but I'm just saying aggressive. that you're, the, the, the formation, it is aggressing. It's consuming resources from your body, whether or not you consent to it. That is, a, that is a form of aggression. Absolutely. Um, right. I'm just saying that if you want to have so a bodily autonomy argument, saying that, like, well, the mother's older and live longer, that, that's not the bodily autonomy argument. That's just, that's just some crazy Twitter argument. I've never heard that in my life. The bodily autonomy argument is you have a parasite inside of you that is aggressing against you. It's not a and stealing resources and is stealing. It, it kind of is. And is stealing yeah, the, resources you know, from your body, and that's why you have the right to remove it, is, is self-defense. That's the bodily autonomy argument. No, the um, there is a, an argument that it's actually a symbiotic relationship because the fetus, yes. as it's growing, 
worked with the mother for its own survival you know it, it's yes. in the interest of the developing baby to keep the mother alive right. it provides um uh, no. stem cells no. and those sorts of things so. no no well then you're, you're saying hold that on, reproduction hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. wait 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 you're saying it reproduction is, is, is hostile to the you, organism that doesn't yes, even of make course sense even if you believe in evolution that wouldn't make sense it absolutely makes how sense. would that Look make at, sense evolutionarily that reproduction would be hostile to the horse because yeah wait hold on yeah jesus not even morning sickness look at the look at uh, fatality rates of mothers delivering children before we had yeah. modern medicine like you you can't just say that evolution gives us an answer to everything very neatly and cleanly like right. pregnancy and delivering children ethically, is a cost of survival it's right. not a benefit and so to it. if you're having an ethical argument you could say it's worth the cost is all i'm saying i'm saying that's a whole separate sure, but it's, that doesn't make it into. that doesn't make it a symbiotic relationship there's never been a point in history where it was like oh god my body's weak and i'm fucked and i'm gonna get pregnant so that my fetus can help bolster me like it's a two-player game now no. there's actually a number of medical conditions that do improve during pregnancy that is a thing Destiny, Destiny, I didn't make True. that argument. I didn't say I didn't I didn't say that a pregnancy gives the woman superpowers. What I said was is that do you the word parasite implies that it's just it just sucks the nutrient, it just sucks things out of the woman's body. Of course, pregnancies are difficult. Of course, people women have died in childbirth. We are all aware of this, but there is a sim there is are elements of symbiosis going on in that relationship. It is not purely the fetus takes and the mother gets nothing. I mean, if, if you're going to be that, then, then you can call literally every single parasitic relationship symbiotic because parasites generally don't want their hosts to die. But I mean, it's just, it's a silly argument to make. Like fetuses are a drag on a woman's body it's one, almost it's universally. One, it's, and it, it's, it's one that I have seen um, embryologists make. So I'm only going by what medical journals i've read on this topic so if you don't like that argument that's absolutely fine but i mean i'm just merely pointing out that the word parasite is because of its negative connotations doesn't quite represent the relationship between mother and baby in right. you know, mother and fetus that's it that's all I'm making can, okay do, well, do you think that i'm just curious i just just so i can get my head straight because i don't know for, for everybody in this call do you think that a woman's body is in a more powerful state or a more compromised state when she is pregnant. Uh, I don't see what that has powerful, to do with the pow ethics powerful of abortion. Or you never ask a yeah. question. That's a net. That's a can I, I, just, I don't get. I just can't have an answer. To anything she to. never answers questions where she gets I, caught, dude. That's that's her mo. I, I I don't think a woman is more powerful when she's pregnant, and I would imagine that she is more compromised in the sense that because she's carrying a baby you know obviously her belly swells and therefore walking becomes incredibly difficult and things like that but that doesn't address the point that i made sure right. but i just i don't that's think that like saying. fetuses in general are taking way more than they're giving that's is the point but okay. what does that well, have to do with the make, ethics make, of abortion though it Again. doesn't I, we, we right. want every single argument isn't about every single thing you want it to be we were having a very narrow description or a very narrow discussion on whether or not a fetus could be seen as like parasitic by, like by definition it's not a parasite because you can't be a parasite of the same species but in terms of function fetuses are a drag on the host every time so hence the aggression part because that's what we were talking about for bodily autonomy the bodily autonomy argument is one of self-defense you're defending your body against an aggressive parasitic thing that is a drain on you and then some i heard counter arguments to you guys saying well it's not always a drain which is an insane thing to say well, about a pregnancy. I, well, I've had five of them, and I don't think it. You could really say it's always a drain. No, I mean, Rachel, this is the many, most okay. bad faith, unbelievably no, stupid thing you could ever possibly say. Don't a bunch of you pro-choice people always say? 
Well, a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant until like six months. If that's six months, Rachel, 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 I am not an incel. Rachel, please hold on. Stop. I am not an incel. Okay. No, stop. We're not here to talk to retards or about what retards say. Okay. That's not what the conversation is about. You can probably go like one or two or three months sometimes without knowing you're pregnant in exceptional cases, in exceptional cases. Yeah. Some, an anorexic woman or somebody that just doesn't show well or or maybe yeah maybe can go six sure or could be obese sure i've seen anorexic women that are that don't show well either there's there's a lot of like very crazy outlying exceptions maybe but generally by by most people going to know by like two or three months that they're pregnant generally speaking especially if they're watching their their like periods and everything especially because you usually know you usually start to have other symptoms but but again it's like if you're going to sit here and say oh fetus is a drain on the mother it's like well okay but i'm a drain on society if i like you get into a utilitarian calculus oh my god hold on i am so sorry i forgot that i needed to to qualify my statement 50 million times other over otherwise you're going to take the most bad faith interpretation possible let me amend this statement slightly for you rachel the rachel 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 the fetus is going to be a larger drain the longer you get into gestation you are absolutely correct you fucking owned me when you said oh really you think they're a drain how big of a drain is a one week old fetus then honey you got me there i fucked up so let me go back and amend my statement and tell you that as the pregnancy goes on it becomes a larger and larger and larger drain through the second and third trimester is that better for you yeah, I guess, but okay. it's arguable, and I don't think it's pertinent to the ethics of abortion. It's ar- Wait, you think it's arguable whether being six or seven months pregnant leaves you in a more compromised or a more empowered state? You think that's arguable? I think it depends on what you're talking about specifically. And that sure, it's not what could I possibly be talking about where being six or seven months pregnant is an asset to you versus a liability to your body? Well, it's a great asset to me if I'm passing on my genetics. Isn't that the purpose of life? I mean, from an evolution perspective, uh, me getting to reproduce and pass on my genetics. Can is you like give me one thing that isn't the thing itself? Can you, so, yeah, it is true that being pregnant, one of the benefits to your body of being pregnant is that you are pregnant. Can you give me something besides being pregnant as the benefit to being pregnant? So you're, you, again, want to make a, you want a material benefit to pregnancy? Sure. As I said, there are many conditions which actually improve. In fact, I had an autoimmune condition that improved when I was pregnant. I felt better. I didn't have as many issues. I didn't have as many Do you many think problems. that autoimmune yes. conditions, so as a woman that's been pregnant multiple times, I'm sure you've heard that with second and I third James pregnancies. James wants to move on, but okay. maybe we it, can do this on okay. your I, I, Sure, I agree. I just want to back up real <laughs> quick to show that like, this is why I like to take a step back from the base to see some crazy shit being said. When you have people unironically making the argument, they're like, oh yeah, well, sometimes pregnancy is really good for your body, LOL. You can see that like on a macro level, okay, some wild shit is being said, sometimes probably getting really away from reality. Body. Sometimes it is. Sometimes getting raped can be a positive experience. It doesn't mean that we advocate for everybody to try it. This one from Luis Montez de Oca. Thanks for your question. Says, for Destiny, do you believe that there is a difference between conception and contraception when it comes to protecting the potentiality for consciousness? Uh, Maybe. Like, when you talk about, like, the potentiality of things, you're talking about different things than what the thing is itself. Like, that's a whole other classification of things. Like, a potential life can be, like can literally be like a sperm and an egg could be potential life when they're brought together or a zygote could be potential life or fucking uh, two people going to a school dance where their son travels back to the future to play the right rock song to get them to function. That could be potential life, right? You see him disappearing from the picture when when the guy gets into a fight and the, you know, right? So, I mean, like a whole bunch of things could be potential life. Um, it, it, that, that's just like a whole vague concept to, to talk about when you want to go deeper into it. This one coming in from Chicky Nuggies says, Rachel, do you say that women should only have the right to her own body when it had been violated by another man? 
can you repeat the question? I'm not sure of the phrasing. Do you say that women should only have the right to their own body when it has been violated by another man? I think what the person means is, am I saying that women only have a right to their body when they have not been violated by another man? I'm guessing that that's what the person is saying. I think so. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, the crime of rape is separate from the abortion. Again, this is going to be a very emotional thing. People are going to freak out. They're going to have tons of feelings and they're going to get a lot of feelings wrapped up. She wants y'all to have rape babies. But logically, no, I'm not saying what I want. I'm not advocating. I'm not saying an opinion. I'm not saying this is what you must do or what you should do. I'm saying that the fact of the matter is that whether or not it's ethical to kill a baby that's a product of rape is separate from the ethics of the rape itself. So it's a whole separate topic. And I, I don't necessarily my conception of human rights is probably not like analogous to what this person is saying because they're talking about like woman's right to her body. And I don't, that's a whole nother thing too. You got Did it. You, were you going to say, I don't believe that a woman has a right to her own body. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, I, I believe that people have a, a natural right to their own body in some sense, but again, it's whether we're talking about ethics or, or legality when we're talking about rights. So you got it. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question, Bull of Spaghetti says, to rephrase the question, some women can't get pregnant no matter how much sex they have. How can people control if sperm meets the egg? Well, again, the, the, if, the, if you, yeah, go ahead, Kendon. No, the argument is, is that if you engage in behaviors that you know there is a like where you know there's a likelihood of conception, then obviously you it is your responsibility to ensure that if you don't want to be pregnant that you take certain steps as tree has pointed out of course contraception is not 100 percent foolproof it's still possible to wear a condom and it splits or there's a hole in it or something you know um but uh yeah i, I don't know i'm just splitting headache at this point um so i was gonna say james could you just repeat the question for me to make sure i've answered all the points of it yeah, it was just that, if you would, that some women you. can't get pregnant no matter how much sex they have. And then they said, how can people control if sperm meets the egg? Well, yeah, you could just make sure that the sperm isn't anywhere in the uterus. That's, that, that's the argument, I suppose. Right. You could, you, could take, you could take steps to make sure that there is no sperm in your uterus. Um, it doesn't always work, but yeah, you can, you can, you can work on that. It's, it's a pretty obvious answer, I would have thought. This one from Real Men Love Blueberry Waffle says, Rachel, if you thought God genuinely ordered infanticide, would it be moral? How can you dodge this? Let's see. You said, what do you think? If, if, uh, if you thought God genuinely ordered infanticide, is it moral in that case? Again, uh, doesn't have anything to do with abortion. And I would have to give you a whole lesson on Bible hermeneutics in order to um, like properly position that question of would God order infanticide? Well, it would go against the, the necessary characteristics of God and we'd have to get into a whole separate debate. So again, sorry guys, I'm not trying to be uncharitable. It's just that I'm not a Western Christian. I'm not Protestant or Roman Catholic. We have a different interpretation of the religion and the Bible as a whole that is probably a little bit outside your purview and I don't want to soak up everybody's time trying to explain that. This one from Jupiter Darman says, Rachel says, don't have sex, don't get pregnant. They said, but Rachel, how can you say that if you believe that a virgin occurred or a miracle occurred 2,000 years ago where a virgin gave birth? Well, I suppose if you are incarnated with the living God, um, you know, well, but, but by the way, Mary did consent to that. An angel of the Lord came to her and told her 
that this was the plan. And she said, let it be me. So we do believe that she did consent to that. So there's that. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trolling. Do you have a different Bible? I'm, 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 I'm not trolling. No, uh, it's in the Bible. If you look it up, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, she said, let it be me. Okay. So this one, pure Aussie gold says pro-choice people. You already made your choice. Now you got to be an adult and deal with it. How hard is it to use contraception? Is they said I remember one the V was precious, but now you all want to play ring toss. Wow, what a great question. <clears throat> well, there are consequences to behavior if he's right about that. So this like, one the in. consequence of like well, hold on. That's we're not arguing about whether there ought to be consequences or, or, or whether consequences exist or not. It's whether we're killing a baby or not. That's the whole question, right? And right, and we're saying if if getting pregnant is the worst thing you can imagine, it's going to ruin your whole life. There's a really easy way to just make sure that doesn't happen. That's all. This one from I mean, there's a... okay. Oh, James, what do you got? Rocky Shepherd says, "Question is for Rachel: Is abortion of biological life in the womb the same as murder of a baby that is born?" Uh, again, that's a matter of degree. Yes, it is, but it would be maybe closer to like third degree murder versus first degree murder. But yes, I would say that they both would be. You got it. JFMD says apologies, but Kendon's approach to obs. Let me know if I say this right. Obstetrics is not correct. Yep. They said pregnancy is not symbiotic and can often be deleterious. And then in parentheses, they put such as heart failure, pre E or pre E F or H E L L P help. Uh, well, as, as I say, as I'm not a medical man, I'm, I'm sure that there are, you know, what do I know about this sort of thing? But I do know from reading medical, so that there is there is some symbiosis. You do get some benefits from being pregnant in at least some scenarios. So I'm not suggesting, you know, it's it's all glory and that a woman experiences no inconvenience or whatever. I'm merely pointing out that the fetus does actually give back to the mother in some some circumstances. That's it. I mean, as I say, I don't have a medical degree, so I'm not going to be able to comment intelligently on, on embryology. I, or anything I think like there's an important distinction that Kendon and I would make as well, which is that we I would assume he's on board with me in saying that in the very rare fringe cases that uh, you have to like take a baby early because of a medical issue. The difference is that in abortion, you kill the baby before it comes out. Whereas most of the time, things like preeclampsia happen in the third trimester and the baby can be delivered early. Now you can deliver the baby. And if it does not survive, despite everyone's best efforts, that's different than killing it inside the womb and then extracting it. Right. So in cases of medically necessary early delivery, I don't think anyone has any problems with that, but that's different than going in and, you know, killing the baby while it's in the womb and then just extracting it. This one coming in from only a couple more questions left. Dion Yor says, Tree, how does punishing the child for the sins of the father make sense to you? It doesn't. Well, I don't know. When he said, but when he said punishing the, the sins of the father, you're talking about like, it. I mean, I was punished. Is that what you're talking about? It doesn't. Yeah, I don't exactly understand what. Uh, I, mean, I think I, I think I, I, I think is that a, is... for looking like my dad. That was the reason why I took a lot of blows by my mom because I reminded her of my father so much. Is is that is sorry for interrupting, Tree? But is that not the, a question about pregnancy through rape? The idea that you know the father has committed the sin by raping 
a woman, but the woman then aborts his child. The child is innocent of any crime. Is that what they're alluding to, or am I just making that up out of whole cloth? I don't know. I don't. I don't know no, what there's. No. So there's not. Enough, there's not enough detail. There is there. Really? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not enough in there. So this one coming in from Bowl of Spaghetti says: Does Rachel think women should raise? S.A. babies. I don't know what S.A. means. Is this like South Africa? Sexual, sexual assault. Sexual assault. Yeah. Sexual assault. Okay. I'm not saying they need to raise them. Um, I know a couple of people that I'm acquainted with online who are pro-life activists who were the product of sexual assault. And they do argue that they don't think it's ethical to kill babies who are the product of that. Um, my, I don't my, see why my, you my... couldn't give birth and then put the baby up for adoption if you didn't want to raise it. My mother, a few years ago, she she befriended um, a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, as I'm sure everybody knows, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that abortion is murder, and therefore they will not take they won't take life in any circumstance. Um, and she fell pregnant by rape. She was raped, uh, which is obviously horrendous. And um, she was encouraged to have an abortion. The she said no because it conflicted with her faith, and she had to wrestle with that. Um, she's given birth to the child. She's now raising it, and the way she squares it in her head is that something good the child came out of something evil that is one way of looking at this i'm not saying everybody should think like that i'm merely pointing out that you know um there are people who choose to raise the children of those horrendous crimes so i'll leave that as inspiration for anybody else Paul spaghetti says does rachel not understand that women die from childbirth sure i do but we are not talking about uh women dying from childbirth in fact uh, I'm not aware of a single medical case where uh, they had to kill the baby in order to save the mother. Get, again, deliver the baby early to save the mother? Sure. Kill it inside the womb and then extract it to save the mother? No. So, yes, women can die in childbirth. There are instances where you have to take the baby Are we early. not counting? We're not counting ectopic pregnancies here, I guess? Well, ectopic pregnancy is not. There's no possible way unless they come up with some way to implant that you can't do anything about it again i'm talking about when we can voluntarily intervene to stop the life of a baby that's what we're talking about okay and you don't think there are ever times where mothers might become so sick in the first trimester that like the pregnancy becomes incredibly like arduous for the woman's body so like say for instance when she gets pregnant and then also discovers that she has cancer that's like impossible or i'm sure there have been cases i'm of not this where... saying that about a different well sure i know but in the case of like there are, i'm only saying this because you made the really strong statement of like there's never been a case where you need to perform an abortion where the baby can't be saved I'm no sure no, there have no been i cases don't mean where the baby can't be saved i'm saying like so if that were the case it and then you are this is an equivalent argument right where if it were the first trimester and something came up where it was going to be either a death sentence for the mother or a death sentence for the baby then either way you're out of life and in that case, I would grant the, I'm not going to sit here and argue that I would grant that to you because it's not worth even trying to defend. And it's morally neutral in that case, because it's a life for a life. What I'm talking about is people try to argue that, you know, at 20 weeks, 24 weeks, 30 weeks, something like that, the mother develops high blood pressure, preeclampsia or another condition. Therefore they need an abortion. I'm saying at that point, you can deliver the baby, try to try to save it. If it doesn't survive, everyone did their best. There's nothing you can do. That's different than going in and killing it in the womb and then just extracting it. You got it. This one coming in from last question. Pancake Great asked this very early. So we're going to get this one in. Thanks very much. Says biologists, they said, Kendon, biologists classify sperm as very much alive. Does that mean that sex without impregnation could be seen as 
genocide? No. Sperm are not a species. They're not a genus. You can't commit genocide against sperm. That doesn't make sense. This last one, the real last one. Aftershock says, for the pro-choicers, your hypothetical where a human's brain is taken out doesn't take into account that it will, they emphasize, get its brain in nine months. Not never, like the hypothetical suggests. What? They said... I was trying to remember where there, where it was the hypothetical where a brain, a human's brain is taken out. Okay. They say this doesn't take into account that it will get its brain in nine months. Namely, that human that had its brain taken out will get its brain in nine months. They say not never. Oh, they were trying to point to some early. I mean, if you're going to get your brain back, then you would say like, oh, well, then there's because there was some preference that was asserted by something that can have that can make those assertions, and it's it's made that and then it's coming back so of course you would respect it right like a person going to sleep you got it with that folks we want to say our guests are linked in the description you have heard them for it's been what two and a half hours if you want to hear more if you want to learn more about their views which hey i mean you must there's got to be somebody on this panel where you're kind of like yeah i did identify you know you felt like you had a dog in the fight in that case their links are below what are you waiting for? Go ahead and click on those links so that you can learn more about their views. We do appreciate our guests. So I want to give a huge thank you. Destiny Tree, Rachel, and Kenan, it has been a true pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. I'm thank you, for, thank you for inviting us. My pleasure. And I'll yeah, be right thanks. back in just a moment with a quick post-credit scene about upcoming debates, folks. So stick around. And thanks so much for being with us, folks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.